Welcome back to another episode of Sweat and Bullets, a fantasy football podcast. I'm your host, DF Bean Counter. With me, as always, is Mr. Satterson, RTDB, Stop. whatever, on Twitter. Follow him it was, if you're not already. It was funny last week when I was complaining about the Colts' Zach Moss usage. And like I have a run-the-damn ball hat, which is like pretty synonymous, I think, at this point with Colts fandom, in my profile photo. And it was so funny for all these fans where like, I mean, it's the same fans that say the same thing, no matter what team I talk about, but they would always be like, Oh my God. Like these fantasy analysts come in, think they can run our team. Like they don't know what's best. And it's like, I I like promise you, like none of my Colts tweets are, are like fantasy focused. Like I'm purely, I am one of you. I'm one of you laundry bros. Like I, I, Love it. Which was the best. It was like, not only are you guys wrong, but like your go-to response is just like, oh, all you care about is your fantasy team. And it's like, I don't. That's not, that's not, that's not all I care about. Um, it, it's also the best. You sometimes you get the opposite, where like if you just make a comment on a call that you think was missed during the game or like something you got unlucky, like everybody assumes you're a fan of whatever team you're talking about. Um like I had tweeted one thing about the Eagles Cowboys game, whatever. It was the refs are giving you guys the game, and it was like I'm not, no, not an Eagles fan. Could, could not care less. Actually, bet on the Cowboys. Like I, <laughs> I prefer they won. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah, the like the fandom is just so frustrating to deal with. <laughs> there, there's probably nothing more frustrating in fantasy football analysis than like ending up on like fandom twitter like it just it's just it's just it's unpleasant it's painful in many regards they're the worst people like on monday i made a joke in the morning which went like it's got i don't know people kept retweeting it i didn't think it was even that interesting of a tweet but i just tweeted like we all know the chargers were organizationally born to lose a primetime game to zach wilson i'm just excited to find out how oh that was Uh, a good tweet that was a good one thank you and then of course they, they didn't they didn't lose. Yeah. Um, and I didn't even know there were Chargers fans. Like, I thought of all the, the fan bases that I would offend, like, I didn't think that they even existed. And then I'm like, I go and I check, like, the second quarter. I'm like, oh, I have a lot of notifications. I just finished watching Celtics game. And and all I see is, like, fuck up, pussy. <laughs> I'm like, what is, what is this? Like, first of all, I was just making a joke. I wasn't even really, like, making an actual point. About like who I thought was gonna win. Um, also, like you're a Chargers fan. Like, do they have those? Do you guys care? <laughs> when did this happen? And also, if you are a Chargers fan, like, come on, you, you guys know that your team is like a team that would lose to Zach Wilson. Like, you know, that's a thing you would do. Yeah, this is right in line with historical presidents of the right. uh, Chargers. His like entire history of the Chargers. Yeah, like it, the lack of humility from fans is fascinating to me. Like I I was texting with a buddy of mine who's a Patriots fan this week because Colts are going to play the Patriots um, in Germany. Frankly, we're not going anywhere this year. Don't really care if we win, but it'll be fun to have us on in an island game and I'll, I'll put on the jersey, I guess. Um, but uh, 
you know, first thing I say is like, honestly, I think we're going to lose this game. It just like seems like the kind of thing we would do. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's like, you'll have, you'll have some of these fan tweets. Like you'll have like Panthers fans that are like making fun of Falcons fans because the Bijan isn't being used appropriately. And then Falcons fans are like, check your record Panthers fans. And it's like, <laughs> both you guys suck like a lot. Like why are either of you like arguing with each other about which team is more embarrassing? Like, it's just so sad. Yeah, it's it's something like the the tribalism is just. Did you? I don't know. My brain just big, doesn't work. Did you that ever way get yet. into big laundry? Like, was there ever a time that you were really invested in a team where you would like argue on a message <laughs> not, board about it? Not even for like a second. Like, I am a Calgary Flames fan that was like completely like I grew up as a hockey fan. I'm in Canada, and uh, for the listeners that don't know. And it was just like I, I had some friends that were like super Flames fans, and it was like anything that they could do was like the right thing that they've done. Oh, what a great move! Oh, what a great draft pick! Oh, this is the year. This is the year. I was like, this draft pick was terrible. Like this guy's never been good at <laughs> hockey, and I don't know why we think like it's the same thing as football. Like he's never been good. Why is he going to start being good now? Like it's just not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just it was remarkable how much like the the rose colored glasses come on with with fandom and i just oh, couldn't get into it i never could I, I i i can't explain it i don't know why i've never felt a strong urge towards any particular set of laundry but i just haven't and i'm sorry but i'm the only not thing that i ever got I like it's freeing the only the only thing i ever got really into i think uh my like my sole message board era i remember was the old like Andrew Locke versus Russell Wilson wars mm. where like he would always argue if Andrew Locke was better, Russell Wilson was better. And that was like by far the most like tribal that I've ever been about sports. <laughs> I just Russell Wilson sucks. He gets carried by his defense. Haven't you even seen Andrew Luck, bro? Like I, I was for sure that guy for about like four years. <laughs> I used to hate Russell Wilson just based oh, on like no. the constant comparison. Like I would watch, I would watch the, the sports like afternoon talk shows and they would be like, Russ or Andrew Luck, and then like the one guy would be like, "I like Russ." Like that guy's an idiot. I hate him. He sucks. <laughs> and the other guy would be like, "I like Andrew Luck." I'd be like that guy's a genius. He's smart. I'm listening to everything he says. <laughs> yeah, no, I was definitely not. We kind of grew out of that. In in no way was I ever anything remotely similar to a uh, fan, a real fan. About about I want to say like seven years ago, maybe. When I first like started kind of getting into football, not maybe more than like ten plus years ago, I guess it's been a long time. I started like trying to like really like embrace this fandom thing, and I like like my team is the Steelers. I don't watch the Steelers. I could not care less if the Steelers win or lose. I criticize all their draft picks if they make draft picks, bad draft picks. I am very pleased with their good draft picks when they make good draft picks. I am in no way, in my opinion, like loyal to the jersey or loyal to whatever the logo what i don't know whatever you call right. it the, the laundry but i was like i'm gonna be a fan like i just i want that experience of like watching the game and like caring about who wins and loses so i was i was like joined like the steelers fan zone or whatever the hell it was called on the internet and i was getting their emails about like all the puff pieces for the players i was you picked a brutal fan to root for in terms of fan community like not wanting to make you miserable well, I didn't even know that there was a fan community. This is like before I was even on Twitter. <laughs> right. 
so I was just like trying to be a fan. I was like, I'm gonna get like, oh, it must have been eight years ago or nine years ago because my son. I was like, I'm gonna get him like a terrible towel for like his crib. Like it's gonna be great. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't bring myself to do it. I was like, we just don't care. I'm sorry. <laughs> he probably won't care either. So I guess, I guess we won't do that. But anyways, has your son picked any teams? Uh, he likes the Chiefs. Okay, uh, big Chiefs fan. Patrick Mahomes. He liked the uh, the Buccaneers when they won the Super Bowl. Big big goat fan at that point. Even against even against the Chiefs. That seems uh, well, counterintuitive. We, we switched as it looked like the <laughs> Bucks were about to win. <laughs> we we, uh, we may have jumped ship. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Uh, it was, yeah, it was, it was pretty fun. Oh, uh, he doesn't like. Well, he doesn't do it as much now that he's nine. But when he's like five, he'd be like, "Who's gonna win?" And you look at the score. That one. <laughs> <laughs> Who are we cheering for? I don't know. Whoever's winning, perfect. And so he's a front runner fan. Yeah, yeah. It's just like if you keep changing your team, whoever's gonna win, then you never have to lose. And it's just wow. a lot more fun that way. Disgraceful. Disgraceful. <laughs> and I, like I said, I'm a Flames fan. My son is an Oilers fan. So if you don't follow oh. hockey, what you need to know is this is like cheering for the Ravens when your dad cheers for the Steelers. Like it's, yeah, it's sacrilegious. So I tell him the Oilers are bad every chance I get. Well, so, they are this year. Thank God. <laughs> I don't even know if the, the Flames. Flames are good this year. No, they stopped. <laughs> Those are like ah. two of the worst teams in the league. Ah, um, can't win them all. Well, maybe we should actually talk about um, fantasy football, although this was fun. Uh, starting 10 minutes into the show. Sorry, Matt. <laughs> um, maybe cut all that, Matt. Whoops. I'm not, I'm not sure if this show is the most respectful to its listener. Uh, <laughs> what we wanted to talk about today was, you know, the quarterbacks around the dynasty landscape – Probably the perfect quarterbacks, honestly, for this fandom discussion, because it's exactly the kind of quarterbacks who fans of this of their team are probably a lot more confident in than they should be. Um, <laughs> that is a great way to put it. In fact, I just had someone comment on one of them on one of my tweets like this week, and I was like, "Wow, you really is it? Is it the uh, is it Travis Robinson being like, if we had drafted two, we wouldn't have Sam Howell? That would be the one." <laughs> Yeah. So you can't be serious, man. <laughs> so uh, what we're going to talk about is this interesting middle group of quarterbacks. Um, if you listen to the full tilt show this week, we talked about it. Maybe not quite as micro as we're going to dive into each guy here. But I think that the quarterback market is really fascinating right now where you can argue about the order, but there's basically 11 guys that I'd be pretty surprised if any like serious observer right now wouldn't have as their top 11 or at least pretty close in some order certainly the market sees it that way um <laughs> especially with kyler murray coming back and then you have you know at the bottom there's just like you know a lot of quarterbacks have gotten hurt a lot of uh, qb2 types have disappointed this year and it's really just kind of like a sad group of of stop gaps um kind of at the bottom tier and this fascinating middle group um that you know seven names i think one of them is pretty boring and has just been living in this middle group for his entire career but the other six at least are very fascinating in that they probably have i think like the best chance 
to really define a lot of teams over the next part of the season where if the teams that have invested in one of these guys end up hitting big, it's just going to be a massive, massive boon to the value of that team over time. And likewise, if you're stuck with, you know, one of them who ends up being a guy you're holding on to as they crash to zero, uh, you might be screwed for a while. So we're going to talk about seven guys in this tier, which is Watson, Dak, Brock Purdy, Bryce Young, Will Levis, Sam Howell, Justin Fields. Um, Dak is probably, Dak is the highest rated of these on whatever site it is that you pulled up some point system. I don't know if it's KTC or Fantasy Calc. Fantasy we can Calc. knock him out pretty, Fantasy Calc. We can knock him out pretty quick. I think he's kind of like, not really this high risk, high floor asset. I, but I don't know if you have any Dak thoughts. Most I want to talk about the other guys. I just uh... no, I don't have any strong Dak thoughts. I think he's probably appropriately priced. He's like a, he's not. I don't. It's hard. It's hard to uh, put into words. I guess in some ways, it's like he's not a bad quarterback by any stretch. He's also not like a great quarterback by any stretch. He's just like a really good quarterback, and that's fine. And that's what he is. He'll score 18 points per game, maybe 20 in a really good year. And that's that's just what he is. And there's no real argument from me in either direction. And I think that's more or less how he's priced. Yeah, the, the really weird thing about Dak specifically in the market is just the extent to which kind of every quarterback in his age range just like disappeared from the face of the earth. And it's resulted in Dak being on this island. Like, if you think of the quarterbacks that came in the league around that time, like, Jared Goff's still around, and he's he's fine, but he's clearly a, a step below. And uh, Derek Carr is still around, but he's, you know, not really all that impressive. Um, and, like, Wentz, I guess he, he is, you know, he's back in the league now, but he's no longer, like, a fantasy force. Uh, and Baker, no longer a fantasy force. He's just kind of hanging around. So, like, that, that kind of crew just didn't really happen for them. Uh, and so you end up with kind of just Dak sitting alone. So um, I agree. I think I've, I've called it the cycle of Dak before where at, at give different moments in time, Dak Prescott is either the least expensive of the elite quarterbacks uh, or he's the most expensive of the non-elite quarterbacks. Uh, and either people are like, man, why would I pay up for Justin Herbert? I could just have Dak. And then next time people are like, why would I ban for Dak? I can just have Kirk Cousins. Um, and just like depending on like which side of that spectrum his cost falls on at a given time, it's like whether or not you want to be buying Dak Prescott. Yeah, absolutely. That's really funny. As you were talking about like the quarterbacks that came into the league at the same era or same time as him, it's actually pretty remarkable how difficult it is to play quarterback because in 2014 so Dak was 2016 in 2014 we had I think three first round quarterbacks Blake Bortles uh Johnny Manziel and Teddy Bridgewater who all washed out and then in 2015 we had Jimmy Swinston and Marcus Mariota who washed out right and then Mariota yeah yeah and then 2017 though we actually did have a couple of good quarterbacks come out of that yeah. draft in Patrick Mahomes and uh, Deshaun Watson. Yeah. And then, of course, the highest drafted of them all, Mitch Trubisky, washed out. And then in 2018, we had a bunch of yeah. guys. And we had Baker Mayfield. I don't know. He didn't technically wash out. He's still playing. But, like, he's certainly not what we thought he was going to be. And then we had Sam Darnold, who was basically washed out. And Josh Rosen, who was basically washed out. And then we got a couple of MVPs or MVP candidates in there and Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. 
So it's like a whole bunch of really highly drafted quarterbacks that had varying degrees of early success did not become anything. <laughs> That's just wild. And here's Dak just trucking along. There he is. Trucking along. It is good for him. Uh, but that's probably all the time we need to devote to Dak. So let's let's talk about we'll go in descending order according to their fantasy calc value. Um, uh, is is Justin? I, I you didn't put the fantasy calc value for one of these guys. I put a note in the private chat, but uh, I believe Justin Fields is next up, uh, which is astonishing to me. Okay, hold on. We need to talk about the private chat now because I'm looking directly at it. You can't see it. Oh, well, you used, everyone else's, you used everyone else's last name. You used his first name. I used Fields. Dak. That's, yeah, but nobody calls him Prescott. Like, that just is his name. <laughs> nobody calls Bryce Young. There's so many Youngs. We could be talking about Chase Young. How do I know? Right. That's true. Okay. Uh, either way, uh, Fields is next on our list. That's just weird to me. Like, I mean, we'll talk about the rest of these guys. Watson, Young, Purdy, Hal, and Levis. But, like, I'll just say... I'm not sure if I'd put Fields last. It would be close between him and one other guy. But I'm definitely not putting him highest of these six. That's crazy to me. Yeah, there, he's not the highest for me. I don't think I'd put him last either, though. Like, he's still well, we'll, we'll, we'll rank them at the end. But, I mean, Fields... Okay, everyone else on this list. Sean Watson will 100% be the Browns quarterback next year. Bryce Young will 100% be the Panthers quarterback next year. Brock Purdy will, like, let's say 90% be the 49ers quarterback starting next I can't year. really see a world where he isn't at this point. He's like, yeah. people have been, we'll talk about Brock Purdy, but people have been hating on him and they shouldn't be, in my opinion. They're not, <laughs> not We're all looking at the guy who did this. We're all trying to find out who did this, or we're all looking for the guy who did this, whatever, the hot dog guy. You're the hot dog guy. You're like, people have been hating on Brock Purdy. I don't know who, somebody, no, I just some people the last have said some weeks. bad things about Brock Purdy. In the last couple of weeks, like, he, it's just like the haters oh have come out. God. I've been hating the whole time, and now there's a whole flock of us. There should be. Like, he's played fine the last couple of weeks. Or he's I mean, played more than he has the rest of his life. I'm a Brock Purdy hater and not a Brock Purdy hater. In the sense, like, from, like, a real NFL standpoint, like, I'm a Brock Purdy hater. I think he's not that good. Uh, I think that he, I like prey on his downfall to get exposed in playoff games. Like I, I it like greatly aggravates me when people say things like he's better than Dak or he's better than Hurts or he's better than, you know, Lamar or whatever other quarterback people don't like in a given week. Uh, but then in a fantasy scape, I'm like, I don't think it matters <laughs> if he's good or not. So it's fine. Yeah. Um, again, we'll so, talk yeah, about I think, him. But, I think that's what makes him so hateable though, is that people say things like what you just said. Like he's better than Dak or he's better than Hertz or what? Like, come on, people. Like, come on. Like, just let him be what he is. He's propped up by a situation, and that's fine. Jimmy GQ is benched right now for Aiden O'Connell. Right. Like, he was a perfectly fine quarterback in San Francisco. Brock Purdy might not be very good, but he's still the quarterback in San Francisco. That's one of the reasons we love Trey Lance. <laughs> God. Yeah, anyway. I wonder if anybody says this. All right, well, let's just talk about Purdy now. We're not going to, like, talk half about Purdy and then no, circle back and talk I, about Fields. I threw off your, your groove. Oh, you did throw off my groove. Okay. Point <laughs> being, Watson, going to be the Browns quarterback next year. Young, going to be the Panthers quarterback next year. Purdy, almost certainly going to be the 49ers quarterback next year. Uh, 
Will Levis, I would say, like, be very surprising if he's not the Titans quarterback next year. Uh, Sam Howell would probably be the next most likely, but I, I would still say he's like a pretty heavy favorite to be the commander's quarterback next year. It would be legitimately surprising if Justin Fields is the Bears quarterback next year. Like, yeah, that would be shocking. That would definitely they have be their shocking. own, like they currently have the Panthers pick, which is, I believe projected first second. overall or second overall. Sure. Second. But the team that they're tied with gets Kyler Murray back this week. So yeah. I think that the, Cardinals are going to win some games um, down the home stretch. The And then the Panthers, second and third, right? So it's like almost inconceivable that they won't at least have the second pick in the draft between their own pick and the Panthers pick. There's, there's really just not that many teams in the mix. We have the Cardinals, one win. Panthers, one win, which is the Bears. Bears, uh, two wins. Pats, two wins. And Giants now become a very sneaky a candidate to never win again. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. This, so, this probably wasn't out of the realm of possibility in the preseason, but yeah. By the way, I will point out that um, our two stealth picks for one hundred and one, when we were like, we were like, what? What are the teams that uh, we think are going to be one hundred and one? We did this in the preseason episode. Uh, I think we pretty much cornered the market on most of these. I don't think either of us mentioned the Giants. Like, I, I don't think either of us thought – I think we thought they'd be way worse than last year. I don't know that we thought they'd be first overall pick bad. Yeah, I, I, I'll admit it probably was not a realistic thing to say first overall, but – Yeah, but I will say – and also, but I will say we both hit on uh, the Bears as being, like, way more likely to be in this mix again than people were giving them credit for. Yeah. Uh, your self-pick was the Packers, who it doesn't look like they're going to get first overall, but they're probably going to be in the top six to eight. Uh, <laughs> and my self-pick of the New England Patriots is in the mix. Oh, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, point being, they're going to have two top five picks. Like, everybody else won three or more games. So the, to me, the odds that they don't get Caleb Williams or Drake May in this draft class is like almost zero. So I really think with Fields, you're you're banking on, I guess, either just an absolutely elite closing stretch of play that just changes everyone's mind, or you need another team to take a shot at them, which I think a team probably will. Uh, like it would, you know, quarterback play, it's been better in the NFL. Uh, it would surprise me if... None of the 32 teams wanted to employ Justin Fields. But it still kind of astounds me that out of all of these guys remaining, that the highest valued is the quarterback that is like by far the most tenuous to a point he's like pretty clearly an underdog to be retained as the starter by his current team. And also fucking sucks. I would like him to be the least expensive because I would really like to go buy him. <laughs> I would also like to buy Justin Fields, but I, I mean. Is, is this speaking to the uh, increasing knowledge of the Dynasty community to not have tanked his value due to unforeseen future and injury? Like, I don't know what the fantasy talk thing was. It felt like after the first few weeks, his value was really tanking. It was. And then he had that big, big night on Thursday because, and, and I know it was like I was buying him in a couple spots. Oh yeah. And then he had that big Thursday night game. Yeah. And and th and then he like, what did did he even have another finished game after that? Did he have like one or two kind of mid games? No. And yeah, then he no, got no, hurt. He had back to back games with 
9.6 yards per attempt. Nine point. Well, no, he had the Denver game, and then he had the then he had the Thursday night game after that Denver game. Yeah, yeah. And then he got. I can't remember if he did anything between that and getting hurt. Did he? No. Then he played one game and he got hurt. And he only had 17 dropbacks, 10 attempts. Okay, so he got hurt the next play. Right. Yeah. So since then he's gotten hurt, and it seems like he's just stayed at this 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 like at this kind of inflated point. Um. You know, we'll we'll see. I agree that I'd really like to buy him, but I don't know how you can justify buying him with some of these other guys being the same or cheaper. That's that's Agreed. my conundrum Agreed. with Justin Fields. I think right. uh like if he was at Will Levis's price, which is thirty two seventy seven fantasy cal points, Justin Fields is at thirty nine ninety nine for what it's worth. I would yeah, be like slam dunk buying suiting price. It's like oh shirts yeah. on sale, thirty nine ninety nine. Yeah, it's like a really easy way to talk yourself into buying Justin Fields. It's like his ceiling is sky high if he ever puts it together. He probably won't, but if we're not talking about elite pricing anymore, then I don't really care if he never puts it together. I'm going to take the shot on it. And yeah, he's probably going to play quarterback somewhere. Like I don't think that he's going to just disappear from the NFL. And I think he'll probably end up in like a, kind of a Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold-esque situation where he gets passed around for the next couple of years is like a bridge quarterback or uh hey i hope that this might be our guy and if he isn't then we'll just pick a new quarterback next year kind of thing right which is which is fine but at 39.99 like i don't know what that equates to in first it seems like it's probably over a first it's, it's well um, over the first yeah like it, that's not like i'm sorry if you're at the point where your team no longer wishes to employ you you know, not like I'm AJ Brown and the Titans only wanted to give me 22 million, and so another team traded for me to give me 25 million. I had no like idea that we closeted out on AJ Brown. This is wild. Wait, I just <laughs> right. leave part of the closet there. <laughs> right, like if you're, you know, not this isn't even. Oh, our whole, you know, you're 31 and our whole team is uh, bad, and so we're gonna try and trade you at maximum value. This is like if your team is just like the problem is you. <laughs> we lost a lot of games. You're why. We're getting rid of you. Uh, we're going to draft your replacement, and maybe some team will take you off our hands. I hope. Um, you can't be worth more than a first. That's the rule, in my opinion. <laughs> That's the rule. Yeah. So I just looked. A 2024 first is 3,044 points. So he's a thousand points more than a, a first. Yeah. That's that's going to be a no for me, dog. Um, but look, I mean, okay, let's but let be me fair ask to you let me ask yeah. you this because this one kind of blows my mind. What about Jared Goff? Uh, Jared, where is Jared? I mean, he's probably gonna be too high. I guess it's gonna be my take. I don't know what, where, yeah, where is he's he like just below Justin Fields. No, there's he, Jared. I didn't put Jared Goff on the sheet because I don't even think he belongs in this group, <laughs> right? Like, I would like, I, I would like every, every single if I have Jared Goff, I think I only have maybe one or two left. I don't, I sold some Jared Goffs over the last couple of years. Um, if, if I had Jared Goff and I could sell him for any name on this list, Fields, Watson, Young, Purdy, Howell, Levis, like absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, there's no – Jared Goff is playing the best football of his career right now at like age 30 and the best offense, um, you know, well, I guess not the best offense he's been a part of. That's not what he's been a part of in a while. Probably probably as good of an offense as we can foresee him being part of for the rest of his career. Um, so it's like he's not going to get any better than this. He's not going to get any younger than this. So he's not going to get any more valued than this. So like, okay, 
you know, if you want like a high-end QB2, that's fine. I just, I don't know, to what end? Like I, it's it's stability, I guess. But I, I just think you're, yeah, that's that's a tough one, man. Um, I don't think it's that tough. I'm not taking it at all. I'm I'm all the way. No, I don't mean it's I don't mean it's tough as in I don't know what to do. I just mean like that's tough to justify his cost. Oh yeah, that's really tough to justify his cost. He's scoring 17.9 fantasy points per game right now, which is QB 13, and that is his second best season of his career. Like that's wild. Yeah, he's he's Jared Goff, you know. So, anyways, yeah, I just. I just noticed that when I was looking at it and I thought, wow, that's pretty crazy. But like Justin Fields, I think like if he can just like drop, I don't know, like if I can get him for like a late first, like it's a slam dunk. I'm going to buy him because you're yeah. just not going to buy that kind of ceiling anywhere else at that price tag. Um, position yeah, I'm matters. fine with a late. I'm fine with a late one. Late one's totally fine by me. Um, I will just say like, just so I put some data to the point of me being like, oh, he's bad. Um, his uh, EPA per play ranks 25th in the league. Success rate ranks 26th. The player like directly behind, next to him in both of those marks is Kenny Pickett. And this is not just per pass attempt. This is per drop back, right? So if he scrambles and he does cool stuff, that counts. He gets credit for that in EPA. He gets credit for that in success rate. Um, well, like- as a Steelers fan, I would just like to point out that Kenny Pickett is excellent. <laughs> I've that is I've been towing the line on that one ever since just following the franchise line Kenny Pickett the truth let's go we will not be talking about Kenny Pickett today of course but um I will say of all of the quarterbacks like half the quarterbacks in the league at this point are backups or like or we don't want to start or starter anymore replacements but of all of the intentional starters remaining I, I think he's the worst he's probably the worst yeah he's like some of the throws that he misses that Thursday night game was like, there was the one pass where George Pickens was just like coming across like six yards from him. And he threw it like four feet over his head. And it was like, huh? Like how does an NFL quarterback even do that? And then Uh, there was like the 30 yard seam route to Austin, whatever, where he like reared back. And it was like, this is his, this is his max. Like this is what he's got in the bag. And it like did not get there. Like it was like, Oh, like he's, he can't throw the ball more than like 25 to 30 yards. Can't hit a guy right in front of his face. Like he, I guess he has moxie, but he sucks. Does he have moxie? How does one he does have moxie? He's five and three. That's how he has oh, moxie. Yeah. He, he, yeah, he's really he has the it factor. The troops to, uh, you know, make up for his, <laughs> his lack of skills. Good for him. Uh, yeah, he's so the point being, like, if we're talking about a, a real life comparable in terms of like a young quarterback and where they're at in the NFL, like, you know, I'm not going to talk about potential, I'm just saying results wise, like fields and picket. These are people that are living in the same world, right? And yeah. that's not really that's not like the world you want to be in. Um, when we're talking about NFL future, obviously, we, you know we can all like grab half a brain and we can all watch in the games and be like, Oh, Justin Fields is clearly better than this guy in terms of his traits and his upside and, and whatever you can do with his legs and his arm talent, he can grow into something more. It's just, you know, we are, we are three years in and despite spurts, even this season, it's still not there consistent enough where we should have any faith in his real life abilities to pay like 
first and a half, but late first, by all means, if we get there, I got to think that we get, this just feels like one of those things. It's like inevitable for the price to drop after the season when yeah. it becomes clear that he's not going to be their quarterback anymore. Right. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's like time to go buy Justin Fields. Cause I just think he's too expensive, but I think like the writing's on the wall. He's not going to be there. He's not going to be the Chicago Bears quarterback long-term. I think we can explicitly say that at this point. And I think when that like realization hits the masses, it's going to result in a massive price drop. So I guess maybe what I'm saying is now's a good time to trade Justin Fields. And, right. Uh, on speed dial. And then I'm going to go get him this summer when he's like on a new team and they're like, no, hey, I don't, we might have to start Justin Fields. And we're like, no, hey, even this great. summer. I want to get him in like, I want to get him in like March or April. Like, Sorry, this offseason, early offseason, before there's like clarity on that he's going to get before a we even know where he's starting somewhere. Right. The community is so bad with quarterback uncertainty. Like, I remember when, you know, Wentz was in limbo and obviously it didn't end up going well, but everybody was like, he might never start again. And then it was like, he, he did. He got two more teams, gave him a shot. Um, Matthew Stafford, like when the Lions were looking to trade him, like he plummeted in value and it was like, Okay, obviously Matthew Stafford is going to start somewhere. It's just a matter of like what team wants to trade the most for him. It's yeah. probably going to be a team that's better than his current one. But like he was plummeting in value for no reason. Um, Kyler uh, Murray, Lamar, Ky- Kyler Murray, yeah, Kyler Murray. People's like, what if the Cardinals? It's like, well, then someone else is going to have him. Um, oh, great! The best examples like Lamar Jackson's contract dispute. It was oh, like for sure. Like what? He's going to leave the NFL? Like yeah. it's like okay, he's probably going to play on the Ravens. Like. He's, maybe he'll play on a team that's not the Ravens. He's, he's actually getting traded to NFL Europe league. and his fantasy points won't count anymore. <laughs> right. It's, it's so people are so ridiculous with their like, wait, this quarterback might not have his current job. Like he has no value. Um, yeah. And, you know, Fields, like I, I don't think Fields is like, he's certainly nowhere as certain as Lamar Jackson or Matthew Stafford to be a no. starter next year. But it, he would be, I, I would say I'm like, 80% sure some team will give him a shot. What his yeah. leash will be, probably short, but he'll have a shot. It's going to be along the lines of Sam Darnold and Carson Wentz and Baker Mayfield, right. these highly drafted players that started for a few years for a team and fell out of favor for whatever reason. And they'll end up somewhere else in a QB competition that they'll probably win because they'll put them up against a Patsy. And away we go. And yeah, like, like, it's going to be a team like the Falcons or a team like the 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 box or whoever else you know that there's gonna be a few teams that reach the end of this year and they're like oh like we suck we don't have a quarterback oh no we have the 13th overall pick like what do we do well i guess we'll call justin fields for goodness sakes we got marcus mariota starting games last year like, <laughs> like most of the season like marcus mariota was uh yeah anyways the point stands that justin fields will start games again and like he still does have a very appealing fantasy outlook. Like he's before his injured game, he was scoring 21.16 fantasy points per game, which would be like right. be four right now. Like he's got a very appealing ceiling. So once he gets down to a price where I'm not like concerned about missing out on like a really elite prospect, then I'm happy to pull the trigger, but I'm certainly not going to be trading my mid pick that might end up being Marvin Harrison Jr. for Justin Fields right now. That is no, just goofy. Um, by the way, really, really sorry, Matt. It's just like so sorry. Um, we're gonna go on a tangent after we've talked about one uh player on our list so far. 
Marvin Harrison Jr. is like the best prospect that I don't think I'll be able to roster. Oh no! The way he's the way he's valued right now is crazy. Did you? There yeah. are people doing there are people doing polls of him versus Caleb that are resulting in like 50-50 determinations, and then you'll see the polls of like him versus any wide receiver that's not Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson, and like Marvin's usually winning those polls, and it's like, man. It's going to be tough to stomach. Yeah, it's like when Jamar Chase came into the NFL, he was like wide receiver 8 or 9 or 10 or something. And Marvin's not even going to be that, and that was pretty like That's what I'm saying. Like, I remember being high on Jamar Chase. At, like I think I had my like wide receiver 6, and I was like high. And Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to blow that out of the water. <laughs> it's just crazy. I think he might be three. I think he's going to be three before he plays. I think it he's going to enter as three and like a comfortable three, like not like in right. a tier. He's going to be like the wide receiver three, which is going to be a tough one. Um, I guess probably how I'll play. I mean, we'll talk about this all draft season, but like I anticipate how I'll play it is just like whatever one twos and one threes that I have. I'll just like take them in a few spots and I just like won't trade them away and at least some of them just so that I have like a little bit. Yeah. Um, but like I can't picture myself trading for him with the way he's going to be valued. No. So I'm just going to kind of like get the ones that fall naturally to me and be like, all right, if this is, if I'm holding a stupidly priced asset, whatever, I don't want to miss this party entirely. Yeah, no, I, I don't think there's going to be any world in which I'm going to be going out and be like, hey, how, what, what do you need to get Marvin? Like send him my way. I'm not gonna be doing yeah, that. Your kidney, your lung, yeah. your tongue. It's gonna your be eyes. I know. Were, were you playing Dynasty in 2018? Uh, I think that was, was right Saquon Barkley's class. No, that was right before I started. Oh. So Saquon Barkley's class. Saquon Barkley was like the most expensive first year player I've ever seen, and he was fetching like he he was like a. I want to say he went about 108 in most startup drafts that year, but like. Okay. When you were trading for Saquon Barkley, it was like you were buying championships. Like it wasn't like you were getting <laughs> no. a player. You were like paying for a championship <laughs> to buy him in a trade. It was it was absolutely absurd. And I feel like that's right. exactly what's gonna be with Marvin Harrison. I remember at the time being like, Yes, Saquon Barkley is the best prospect we basically have ever seen. And also you should probably trade Saquon Barkley away because he's not gonna come into the NFL and outscore everyone by 10 points. So or yeah, was and he was the RB one as a rookie, and then that was the best season he ever had. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was he the RB one? I thought that McCaffrey might have been. No, no. Uh, McCaffrey's best season, I think, was the next season. Oh, was it the next one? McCaffrey had a really oh, yeah. good season in 2018, but I think Barkley was RB one. We're way off. Doesn't um, really matter. The point is the next that, guy. Oh, what's I was going to say the point is that the price that you're going to be able to trade away Marvin Harrison for probably exceeds what his value actually is probably. in like a startup draft by a fair margin because we do, he drops a lot of footballs in preseason we did the same thing with trevor lawrence as well like i remember trading trevor lawrence yeah. for like things that i was like this can't be real and it was the offer that came in i'm like i guess i'll push accept and it yeah. felt really nice and we got a buy window on him yeah there's I, always a buy know, window he fell, on he fell after everyone. the first year uh Probably we might be in a buy window for Bijan Robinson right now. Probably a topic for another episode. We but, probably um, are. We should at the, at the very least, it. like if yeah. not, even if the price hasn't gone down that much, we're, we're definitely at the point of we're definitely at the point of Bijan now, where at least the managers are probably like saying like, okay, like if you, you know, 
point. Right. Before it was like, what do you want for Bijan? Fucking nothing. Leave. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Now it's like, what do you want for Bijan? It's like a lot. Um, a lot, but I, I'd take something. I, I, I do would it. be willing to move him. I'm willing. Um, okay, let's talk about Deshaun Watson. He's had an interesting season. Uh, there were many conspiracies raised, whether he was actually injured. He returned. He was really bad for five plays. He didn't throw. Then he left the game. Then he missed another week. Came back this week. He was fine. Um, pretty uneventful. The Cardinals didn't really uh, participate in the football game, so they kind of just got to have a little scrimmage for three hours and Mostly handoff to Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt. Uh, big test upcoming this week against the Ravens in a battle of the two best defenses in the National Football League so far by EPA. Uh, probably not the most fun week to start a quarterback. Uh, what uh, what do you make of Deshaun's like basically four games this season? And as he's dropped from this elite group of quarterbacks at the back end into this middle group, um, what, what what's your feelings on him? I think you pretty well have to be buying at this point. Like his 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 career has been remarkable. Like 24.7, 21.3, 22.0, 23.5 fantasy points per game. And then he like sat out two years, more or less or a year and a half. Uh one due to contract dispute, one due to a whole bunch of bad things. And put up 15.1 fantasy points per game that year. And then he came back this year, and we were like, well, it's probably going to be business as usual for Deshaun Watson. He'll be back. And he's played four games, and in those four games, he scored 21.7, 12.6, 21.2, and 19 fantasy points per game. So I'm looking at three like pretty solid fantasy weeks and one really bad one out of four weeks. And that's fine by me. Like At these prices, if he's going to score kind of a 20-ish points per game floor, I'm pretty happy with that. So let's ride. Yeah, I think at this point in time, right? I mean, the, the whole equation has changed. Like, you know, I, I was certainly very optimistic that he was going to be back to elite form coming in. And I'm still pretty optimistic that he gets back to that. Um, but, you know, even if you're not, uh, which I think is reasonable, the the bet, like in the price, has really changed quite dramatically to the point where you no longer really have to get back to elite status to win at this point in time. Like if he's just a quarterback who runs and has job security, even if he's not actually that good, like it's, it's going to pay off at this price and he's going to have like, uh, I guess it's, I think he has medium term job security. Like this contract secures that Cleveland will give this every opportunity to work out. Um, you know, basically until it doesn't like he's, to me, the way I view it is he's at least guaranteed a second coach. Like he, like yep. if this does not work out, like Stefanski goes before he goes. Um, and then he gets like a new coach bump. And if it doesn't work after that, like he probably doesn't have long-term security because he's such a headache that he's definitely a guy where, you know, if because of the off-field stuff, if it starts to spiral out of control, this contract somehow get they get out of whatever, like he might be a guy that teams aren't lining up to be like, oh, we'll give him a shot in the way that they might be with like a, a more upstanding citizen. So I think that there's like long-term security concerns, but at least in the medium term, like over next year, probably the year after, I, I think he's going to get quite a long leash to turn it around. And at this point, your buy-in price, like it's less than what we were talking about with fields or, you know, your every league is different, but it's probably somewhat comparable. If you're able to get Watson for like a first, first and a half, I think that you're just, 
you're in a pretty safe spot where there's not really that much room to go down. And even if that's just an asset that you eat, and even if it works out where you take a loss on it, it's a survivable one. And one that I think has a pretty legitimate chance. Like every other quarterback on this list, we're kind of projecting. We hope that they get better. We hope that they reach an elite ceiling. If Watson is still like, you'll be returns to an elite ceiling and he's not old. So, yeah. you know, it's really like the, if he does not get back to that, the reason would, would I suppose just be like the layoff, the whatever mental effects that this um, situation that he brought on himself has had. Um, but I, I'm still at least mostly optimistic that, that we do get there. Uh, he's, he's definitely the buy of this group for me, along with one other name that we'll get to. Yeah. He he's, like, even if you look at, like, his PFF passing grades this year, they're 63.1, 63.7, 73.6, and 78.5. So, like, even when he's been bad this year, he hasn't been that bad. Like, we're not talking 50s or 40s or 30s. Like, we're talking, like, he's an average QB in his bad games per PFF. So, like, I'm just not that concerned about it. If you look at, like, his rushing production, it really hasn't changed all that much. He's averaging 26.25 uh, rush yards per game, which is pretty solid. It's not like it's not going to break the rushing record like Justin Fields might, but it's more than pretty much anybody else runs. Like it's it's a lot, yeah. and and like yeah, it's considerably more. Like he's averaging like a full point per game rushing over what like someone like Justin Herbert gets. So for sure, yeah. His EPA per play has been struggling minus 0. 0.035. That's 23rd. So, you know, it's still better than, you know, Justin Fields, we were talking about. Uh, it's right next to Geno Smith. Um, it's like a, you know, just a, but like you start to look at how it kind of condenses. Like it's not, you know, you, you have one or two good games at this sample size. We're not that far off from frankly where like Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence are um, this year. So I, I don't think that he is like, I've seen something, like he's been horrible and he's definitely not been good. But I, I do think it's somewhat overstated how how bad he's been. Uh, I think he's been like a, a below league average starter to league average starter, um, which is obviously not what he's being paid to be or what he was invested at Dynasty at this point. But you add it into that rushing, um, I'm certainly pretty interested. And, you know, I still think he has a pretty strong chance to bounce back. Um, next guy on this list is Bryce Young. This is an interesting one uh, in that, you know, Probably the overall upside for a not particularly mobile quarterback with some, you know, physical traits limitations, probably not super high. The value upside, though, is pretty interesting as a rookie first overall pick. And then that short-term job security is pretty high. It's going to give him plenty of chances to fail. But not scoring any fantasy points, virtually unstartable player. You're probably have wide receivers. You'd rather start in the super flex than him most weeks. Uh, and he's been, uh, well, he's been, he's been dreadful. <laughs> he's been very dreadful. That is for sure. I still think, um, like, I'm not like, what's the word? I'm, I'm very concerned, but I'm not like running for the Hills. If that makes sense. Uh, I think that you've got at least another year of, like, I don't want to. I don't want to say like security. Like he still could lose value in the next year, but it's not going to be like exceptionally lost value. And I think there's still a chance that he's good because, of, like, 
what I've found with quarterback rookie years is that they don't really matter that much compared to their prospect grades. Like when we see yeah. really good prospects do really bad as rookies, they still bounce back. Like Jared Goff is one of the worst rookies we've ever seen. Matt Stafford is one of the worst rookies we've ever seen. They both turn it around to a pretty like strong careers. I'm not saying Bryce Young will, but Bryce Young was in that echelon of prospects. Yep. Very strong when we see when we see bad quarterback prospects do really bad, they continue doing really bad, probably because they were bad prospects in the first place. So if we were talking about like uh if Will Levis was playing like this, I would be like, Well, oh no, 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 we're not buying into this at all. But with Bryce Young, I'm like, eh, roll the dice. Like he's got not a whole lot going on there. They are you know, like he was a very strong prospect. He went first overall, and he was a lot of people's first overall pick. Like it wasn't like the Carolina oh, Panthers went yeah. completely off the board and took a guy that nobody else thought was good. He was pretty consensus to be the number one, like the one on one pick of this class for like years. He was the number one prospect in his recruiting class, or at least the number one yeah. quarterback. And then he just played awesome all through college. And then he was the number one pick in his draft class. And now he's playing bad for the first time in his life. So we'll see, but I, I yeah. would buy if if he turns it. What's around, your buy price? What's that? What's your buy price? Like, what would you offer? Use uh, use pick value. I know you're always like, I don't want to move picks, I want to move players, but just like use pick value because it's easier to communicate. It's just so hard to like. I, I would probably move like a 106 for him. Okay, that's that's maybe if, like if a I knew little... it was a 106. That's maybe a little high for me. Just because the if he ran, sure. It's just like the what do you, what do you win when you win on Bryce Young turning it around is like not a ton, right? You're winning like value. Bryce, you're you're only winning value. You're not he was you're, never you're, you are you're, you're winning value, but you're also probably not winning like astronomical value, right? Like I don't like the path to like mid round one route? startup price. <laughs> Yeah, but that looks uh, okay. If Bryce Young is like becomes special, special, sure. If he just becomes good, that's different, right? And I mean, I, I would say like I'm well. Okay, hey, Jared Goff. you mentioned that. You mentioned yes. Okay, so you mentioned that list of quarterbacks with good profiles coming. Like, what's the hit rate of not just like turning around to be good, like Jared Goff, for example? I guess we can just, I guess we can, you know, debate how good Tua is, but that's another good example of a guy who bounced back. Um, you know, we could even to some extent debate how good Trevor Lawrence is as a guy who bounced back after a bad year. Yeah. Um, but like, like is, there, is, there an, is there an example of a guy who bounced back after a, like a Bryce Young caliber bad rookie year to being like actually elite, elite, elite? I don't think so. Uh, right. I can't think, I think that's Stafford's probably the best best outcome. Right. So that makes it a little tough in the sense that if he doesn't run and we're not getting like round one startup level elite. Oh, I, um, I think Matt Stafford could have been round one startup level elite back in those days, though. Okay. That's possible. He, That's like possible. Matt Stafford passed for like 5,000 yards in his second or third year, if I recall, in an era where people didn't yeah, pass true. for 5,000 yards. Not saying that's that true. Bryce Young's going to pass for 5,000 yards. Maybe that's the 
the case of why this is not a realistic comp. Right. Is, are, are the Panthers drafting Calvin Johnson? That's my next question. I would suggest they may have <laughs> had they not had to trade their first round pick to get Bryce Young. Well, that's part of the issue, right? Like you look at some of these situations. It's like Joe Burrow is a pocket quarterback with a high level value, but he's obviously awesome. And he was awesome as a rookie. And he has Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. You know, Justin Herbert, pocket quarterback, like plays in a pass first offense, same as Joe Burrow, has had not great weapons, but I mean, Bryce Young would kill for Justin Herbert's weapons. Um, you know, and then CJ Stroud is interesting in that it's like, I still don't really know. I know that Nico Collins and Tank Dell are pretty good. But I don't know how good. Like I think CJ Stroud is just really good. Like Noah Brown, I know is bad, right? Because we we now we now have a test case, right? Like we we weren't we couldn't be entirely sure how good Nico Collins and Tank Dell were relative to being elevated by CJ Stroud. But we have a good enough history that suggests Noah Brown is terrible, <laughs> but he's even efficient with CJ Stroud. So it's like, does anything even matter? Like this, maybe he just doesn't even need weapons. Like everybody's a weapon. CJ Stroud's just a god. I don't know. He's He's built different, that's for sure. But How about um, Jalen Hurts, the passer. Well, I mean, Jalen Hurts. I don't know what his like stats were. I'm sure you're going to say that they're terrible. They but were. his first while was like way more hopeful than Bryce Young. Like I don't just just from the standpoint of like watching them. Like Jalen Hurts was driving the ball deep. He was making plays, and then he was also making a million mistakes. Bryce Young is that. It's a tough watch. Okay, let's see what else is on there. To put, to put stats to this right now, the only quarterback who has a lower success rate than Bryce Young is, or is Zach Wilson. And the only quarterbacks with a lower EPA per play than Bryce Young is Zach Wilson and Daniel Jones. So he's yeah, behind Matt Jones. He's behind Desmond Ritter. He's like well behind Kenny Pickett and Justin Fields. Like it's not, you know, we're he's probably a rookie. talking Trevor Lawrence is the he's, best. Though. He's bad. Yeah, which is, uh, you know, because he's Lawrence actually not that far off of Trevor Lawrence ball. for a PFF rookie grade. It's yeah, like Trevor 50, was, 50 was or something. Horrific as a rookie, but yeah. also at Urban Meyer, which was weird. And he was also like a you know quote unquote generational prospect. Ran a little more. I don't know. Uh, look. I'm I'm in it on this in theory, but 106 is steep. Like, um, like yeah, okay, 106 well, might be well, a bit much. I, I want I want him I want him for like a. I don't know. I guess a late first. Maybe that's not going to happen anytime soon. Late first and a throw-in. Let's say. Um, we'll we'll rank these guys at the end. The next guy on the list here is Brock Purdy, who you used to used to not like, but I, I guess you come like around him. on. I still don't come around. Him, yeah. Now you don't you don't understand why people don't like Brock Purdy. I don't understand why they suddenly don't like Brock Purdy. That's what I meant to say. Oh, okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, Brock Purdy is interesting in that the he's like the he's like the reverse Bryce Young, right? It's kind of the same that he doesn't really run, you know. Physical traits wise, fairly limited. Um, we have no good priors on him. Expected him to be bad, but unlike Bryce Young, who has zero weapons, Purdy has all of the weapons. Unlike Bryce Young, where we don't have a lot of faith in their coaching staff, we have all the faith in Brock Purdy's coaching staff. Um, and I think there's like if we if we just knew 
right? If we knew Brock Purdy was the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers and Kyle Shanahan was the OC of, or play caller of the 49ers for the next decade, let's even say the next five years. Like there's not really a good reason at that point for Purdy to even be below like Dak, right? If we just knew he had that job for the next half decade. Oh no, come on now. What? This you you're painting me to be the bad guy again. No, absolutely well, well, okay, not. What well, if we knew Dak. like if we knew that Purdy had this job for the next five years, why why would you prefer Dak? Because Dak's gonna score probably three plus more fantasy points than him per no, game. No, that's that is that is two absolutely plus? two plus no, how many more minus plus? minus what? this is madness. You think that I just want to be clear. You think that Brock Purdy is going to outscore Dak Prescott? I think that it's going to be very, very close. This year, currently, in four-point passing touchdowns, points per game, uh, Dak Prescott scored 18.1 points per game. Do you want to guess how many Brock Purdy scoring? 17.9. I already know. Oh, I have 18.1. Maybe our oh. settings are slightly different. I've done the exact same. I'm just going off player pro value. Okay, well, maybe your Dak one's a little lower too. I don't know. Maybe that. Dak is at 18.2 and or, and uh, Purdy's at 17.9. Okay. But well, I would well, argue I don't know what the different settings Purdy, is. Basically, they're, they're scoring the same amount of points. I would argue that Brock Purdy has had like the absolute best start to a season that you could have possibly drawn up for him. And he's scoring 17.9 fantasy points per game. I mean, I, I don't know that that's true. Like, what? I think that You've seen he's had a good start. Right? Yeah, but I think that that's just going to – every quarterback that plays in San Francisco has a high EPA. Like Jimmy Garoppolo had a high EPA. Jimmy Garoppolo sucks, right? We were just saying you lost job to Aiden O'Connell. Yes. I I think that this is like – this is what I'm saying. If, if Brock Purdy is – Brock Purdy is the 49ers quarterback for the next five years and Shanahan's the play caller, yeah, he's going to be top five in EPA every single one of those years. So was Jimmy Garoppolo. Right, but Purdy is scoring fantasy points at a higher rate than Jimmy Garoppolo has scored. Purdy's up for at 18 points per game. game stretch. And, and, and scoring him by like one and a half points per game. And even dating back to last year, he was scoring like at an almost identical rate. All right. We know so we know we now have we now have six games from him last year, uh, plus two playoff games. We have eight games from him this year. So we have basically a full season sample of him scoring at a largely comparable level to this. All right. This is 17 points per game guy. Got it. Which is about what Dak Prescott is. But Brock Purdy is like seven years younger. Uh, is Dak Prescott only a 17 points per game guy? Well, we're calling him 17 when it's really 18. I don't, know, I, I'm not, I don't know why we're calling him... I don't know why we're calling him 17 when it's 18, but for comparison's sake, Dak Prescott last year, uh, last year, Dak Prescott was at 17.9. So basically the same as he's doing this year, same as Purdy's doing. Uh, year before that, Dak Prescott was all the way up at 2020, was all the way up at 21. So there you go, Dak. Uh, that was a great year. And then the year before that was the year that he played like two games. He scored, I think, probably 17 million points per game. Um you know, and he used to be up over 20, but it hasn't been in a few years. Um, so, uh, you know, he runs less now. He used to run more, especially around the goal line. Doesn't really run near the goal line anymore. I think that's probably going to continue. Um, I, I don't see a massive difference. I don't see a difference that warrants a seven-year gap. To me, the difference and why I'd rather have Dak would be 
you know, whatever level of uncertainty we have about Purdy retaining his job and just, you know, our kind of real life concerns. But compared to some of this list, like, I, you know, he's going to have, he's going to be pretty well insulated as long as he keeps his job. And I mean, when are the 49ers going to have an opportunity to replace him? Like, when are they ever going to not be picking at the end of the first round? Maybe they take their quarterback in the first round. I, I'm not that worried about him getting replaced, honestly. Like, I, I think he's probably the locked in starter for the next few years. Right. Then bye. But my issue is that like, his expected fantasy points per game is 13.8. Oh, my God. Remember the 49ers outperforming their expected fantasy points? Uh, I'm shocked. Did Garoppolo always uh, perform way over expectation? Or did he perform? I have no idea. I have no idea. But people in good offenses are going to be efficient. And yeah, this so offense is better than the Garoppolo offenses. He has way better weapons than Garoppolo ever had. Garoppolo did not have the opportunity to play with CMC and Ayuk and Debo and Kill. And, you know, maybe, maybe CMC is probably a couple years left. Um, but Ayuk is, you know, probably a top 10 wide receiver who I imagine is tied to Purdy for the duration of his prime. Maybe. I'm just saying that Jimmy Garoppolo scored at expectation basically his whole 49ers tenure. But okay, do you actually think that Brock Purdy and Jimmy Garoppolo are, are equal? I guess that's the that's like the key question. Like, no, I think they are comparable to one probably better. But how much better? Garoppolo only scored 14, 15 points per game. Is Purdy four points per game better than that? Three probably points two points per game better than that, and then the improved weapons are around or two, something like that. And you're projecting like many years of Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, and Brandon Ayuk all in the same offense? Frankly, I don't really care about Kittle, but I think, I mean, Ayuk's young. Debo's probably got a couple more years. Like, at least at least for the duration of his rookie contract, so two more years after this one, I think we can right. pretty reasonably expect the band to stay together. Maybe minus Kittle, who's going to get old. He's getting old fast already. Like, Kittle's, I don't know. I'm usually fun. just like, dude can ball is not the not the path that I go down. I find it really hard to believe that he's going to outproduce. No, I don't even know the dude can ball. Or okay, but here, here's part of the issue with this ball. fan. But here's okay. Here's part of the issue with this points, the expected points issue, right? When we get some of these outliers, is that per, let's say Purdy throws a slant to Debo Samuel, ten yards downfield, he houses it. Like that drive now stops on ten yards worth of expected points, mm -hmm. but like. If he doesn't house it, he would have probably accumulated more expected fantasy points for the rest of the drive. It's the same as like the 49ers. People talk about their pace concerns every year. Like, oh, they don't mean, run enough plays. The end zone gets in the way. Wouldn't that be kind of the similar argument that, you know, if – how do I word this? Um So a couple years ago, it's I've probably been like four years now, five years ago, AJ Brown was a rookie and the Titans were just like a crazy efficient mach scoring machine. Do you remember that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And by the way, AJ Brown is, is basically outside of 2021 has like crushed his XFP in every other year. Yeah. It's and they, again this year. I think Derrick Henry was also going off that year and they scored a, like – 30 out of 33 times they cross half or something ridiculous like that. 
yeah. then everyone was like, this cannot obviously continue. And then, I don't know, anyways, basically what the, the argument was. Basically was did the next year. Way more fantasy points in the future because they just the end zone won't get in the way, and then they just kept scoring the same. No, game. I'm not saying they're going to score more. I'm saying like you. I'm saying you can't regress it all the way back because like if if that if that 70 yard touchdown regresses to being just a 10 yard completion, okay, he loses the 70 yard touchdown, but now he gets the other 60 yards to try and make up a portion of that. Like if he's at I don't know if you're if he's at like 14 expected fantasy points now and he's at 18 real, and he stops hitting these plus four plays. Maybe it's it's not that the 18 comes back to the 14. Maybe the 18 comes back to the 16, but the expected is probably also now 16 because he's accumulating more effective fantasy points to move down the field. He scores uh, a little less, but the expected also comes up a little bit. It's like the reverse Joe Mixon, where Joe Mixon keeps racking up expected fantasy points every year by getting stuff at the goal line three consecutive times. So he gets, it's like, oh, he's expected to score three touchdowns, but he was never going to score three touchdowns. He would have scored one. Huh. Fascinating. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe we go from 28 pass attempts per game to 32 and our efficiency drops tremendously. We put the ball more in Brock Purdy's hands, who has a tendency to throw or make turnover where he plays at a well above average rate. And now we actually get negative points because now he's throwing more interceptions and more fumbles because he's so incompetent. Maybe he starts throwing more picks. And they have to start playing from behind, and we're getting a little more passes. And now he's Jameis Winston. And now he's going to throw 30 <laughs> touchdowns to keep up with this. And that'd be great. Look, that was an awesome fantasy season. I, I bet he had 18 points per game that year. I don't think he did, actually. <laughs> That's hilarious. I, I remember being underwhelmed at his fantasy production despite 30 touchdown passes and like 5,000. Uh, you are, sir, are incorrect. He had oh, he scored 20. He scored 20. Oh, my God. My mistake. <laughs> Oh, you know what it was? It's because I played in uh, six four, six touchdowns, oh. six point touchdowns, and negative four ints. That's what that it was. Must have been I remember I was going to trade for him, and I was like, "What the hell?" Like I thought he was supposed to be good, and he was not good in that league. Most most of my leagues are six negative four. I, so, I had Jameis Winston in my home dynasty league that year, the the thirty thirty year, and just an absolutely epic ride. Like one of my one of the most. <laughs> One of the funniest fantasy seasons I can ever remember being a part of was just the like every week it was it was incredible. It was like you know that meme where it's like we're so back, it's over. We're so back, it's over. Uh, yep. Meme that was like every single Jameis Winston start. It was like oh you're gonna get benched. Oh we're, we're scoring run and touch Oh no, don't do that. Oh we has to do that. It was great. I loved it. Anyways, I guess where I'm going with this Brock Purdy thing is that I don't think that he's necessarily good enough at, on his own to counteract the lack of efficiency from his supporting cast if they are not efficient anymore. So we're still probably going to be, sure, maybe the expected fantasy points goes from 13.4 to 15.4, but he's probably not going to outscore 15.4 by four or five fantasy points anymore. He's probably going to actually just score 15 fantasy points if that's the case. Um, yeah, but I don't think it'll be 15. Like, I, I think if, if I, I don't think that it's very likely that the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers is going to have 15 fantasy points per game if that quarterback is reasonably good. Like Jimmy Garoppolo, who scored 15 points. I would not say that Jimmy Garoppolo was reasonably good. I would say Jimmy Garoppolo is atrocious. I don't know that there is a lot of difference between Brock Purdy and Jimmy Garoppolo. 
Yeah, we'll we'll see. I think that there I think that there is enough, at least within the context of this offense. Purdy to me has a little bit more creativity. He can actually extend some plays. That allows others to just get open more downfield. And I do think he has a little bit more willingness to drive the ball down the middle of the field. Like I won't see instead it's better arm talent because his arm talent is pretty questionable, especially outside the numbers. But you even see it in Brandon Ayuk's usage. Like there's a reason why Brandon Ayuk, I think, has had way more success with literally every quarterback that isn't Jimmy Garoppolo. Like he was successful with Brock Purdy. He was successful with Nick Mullins. Um, he had moments, of, I think even with CJ Beathard perhaps, but every time it was Jimmy, it wasn't happening. Cause Jimmy Garoppolo just will not, he won't drive the ball. Like it's not happening. Whereas Purdy is more willing to be that more explosive playmaker as a quarterback. He's mistake prone, certainly mistake prone. I, I also think with Purdy, like sometimes we forget he's a second year quarterback. That's he true. could get better. He could get worse. But I, like, There's a whole range <laughs> of outcomes here. Well, but every other young quarterback, we always talk about as though there it's, it's like, you know, oh, we have to grade this guy in a curve. This guy's just okay, going to well, get better and well, better. I, I'm, I'm going to stop you right there because we just talked about a whole bunch of quarterbacks that are completely irrelevant after strong starts or strong-ish starts like Carson Wentz and Jared Goff. And Marcus Mariota and Jamise Winston. Sure, and, and that's Trubisky gonna happen. That's gonna happen and... to Purdy one day. Like Br- yeah. Brock Purdy is not gonna be an NFL starting quarterback at age 32. I, I think that's <laughs> the most likely outcome. A lot of these guys never made it out of the first contract. I think it's unlikely that Brock Purdy does not, unless the 49ers are super sharp and they look at it and they're like, the only appeal is that we have cheap Jimmy, cheap slightly improved Jimmy. And once this, um, once this rookie quarter con- contract is over, we got to get out because we, we just got to find a new guy. I don't know. Well, Something tells me that's they, not what they're going to do. They might be looking at it and thinking, man, Jimmy Garoppolo put up 75.1, 65.4, 70.2, 69.5 PFF passing grades for us. They definitely the not look at years. Brock Purdy's putting up 68.0, exactly in line with Jimmy Garoppolo's entire career. But we can pay half the price, or even less, an eighth of the price, a tenth. How much of the price can they pay for Brock Purdy versus Jimmy Garoppolo and his and his movie star good looks? <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot less. Uh, it is. I, I think realistically, the move with Purdy is I just don't think that he has. I don't think his value is going anywhere, but stable or up over the next calendar year. And if you want an advance of the final year of his rookie contract to start looking more proactively of like how does this go bad in the post he's really cheap post CMC world. I think that's fine. But right now I think he's a stable young asset with room to actually improve who is pretty cost effective. Like he's coming in below, like him below Justin Fields is nonsense to me. I understand that the true apex on Justin Fields is higher, but Brock Purdy is going to be a, I think a high end quarterback too for easily the next few years, no risk of being out of the league. Um, Purdy versus Young is interesting. I still prefer Young a little bit. So I think he has a little bit more chance based on the pedigree of being sustainably good. I think the interesting about Brock Purdy, and I, I will say, like I did earlier, I did say, like, I don't think he's really at risk of losing his job. What I will say, though, is that he is a very mistake-prone quarterback. Like, in his games this year, he's got 5.9, 4.7, 4.0, 8.3, 6.1, 9.8 turnover worthy plays percentage per game those are like really high like really really high and that's like 
if he goes on like a cold streak where he throws like three t- or three ints for like two games in a row or like three games in a row like i wouldn't be shocked if they like really rein it in or like go to sam darnold for a game or i don't know like he's he's just so mistake prone that as long as he doesn't like stack them i think he's probably fine but if he does stack them then i think it's going to get a little bit sketchy yeah, I agree. I'm I'm still willing to ride the dragon here at this price. Um, he's not like one of my biggest two buys. Like, I mean, like I don't. I would way rather have Sean Watson. Um, yeah, that goes without saying. I I'd rather have Dak. I don't know. I don't know why you wouldn't. Oh, him. oh, I definitely would rather have Dak. Oh, you only want Purdy if you know he's a starter for five years. We were playing the fantasy universe where I'm saying he's oh, okay. he's guaranteed to start a job for five years. Like, I, okay, I'm not. I'm you. not Fair. saying he's. I'm not giving out guarantees on Brock oh. Purdy. Okay. Oh, why not? He's. 49ers quarterback can't go wrong nothing's ever going wrong nothing has ever gone wrong betting on a 49ers quarterback before even one draft and say third overall nobody's ever made that mistake very true (laughs) um i i look i i will continue to be there probably betting against them in the playoffs and tilting as linebackers drop as interceptable passes again (laughs) um next guy on the list sam howell your boy floor is yours so sam howell is like doing really well good for him i think he's got like the second most qb1 weeks of the season so far which is pretty wild he is i believe somewhere in the top five in terms of passing yards he is passing the ball at a frequency basically unheard of i believe he's actually possibly on record to break the pass attempts or on pace to break the pass attempts record. Is that correct? Do you know? Uh, I believe he's on pace to, uh, to break the drop back record. Oh, drop back but, record. My mistake. But there's a pretty big difference between drop backs and pass attempts for Sam Howell because uh, the man likes, the man likes sacks. He does. <laughs> so <laughs> he has actually the last couple of games. I think he's been sacked very infrequently comparatively. He's reined it in, which is like, uh, that's the it's the biggest thing for him, so it's pretty encouraging. Yeah, if he can if he can curve the sacks, I think that he could be actually like a real life NFL starting quarterback for a while, and that would be pretty wild. I think if he keeps getting sacked at an outrageous rate, he's just gonna. Like I, I saw a thing at one point that basically says that if he gets sacked, like the drive is over. Like at that point, you might as well just punt because you're not going to get a first down. Yeah, early early down sacks are absolute killer to EPA. So that third is down a big sacks, problem. third down sacks or whatever you know it, yeah i mean you're gonna punt anyway so who cares yeah uh it's like a third down interception like if you throw it way down the field it's basically a punt anyway so who cares exactly but, but early down sacks are brutal and he and he gets a lot of those taking a lot of them yeah so the thing though is he's not that good despite all the counting stats like his pff grade is only 63.7 which is like not that good i wish no. it was better it's not he is uh, a fifth round pick. He's got virtually no like security from that. He yeah. is playing for a coach that is in like how many years has Rivera coached the Washington football team? Quite a few. Eternally with no so, success. It just kind of seems to me that he should be on the hot seat, and I don't feel like he is, but he probably should be. I think I think that he is. I think that they might go. Uh, I, think, I think that they might just promote enemy at the end of the year. I, I could see that. Because Bienemy has been like a hot topic head coach well, for a long while. 
And I mean, how much fun is it that the enemy is like, I don't have Sam Howell anymore, or I don't have Patrick Mahomes anymore. I have Sam Howell. I don't care. I'm passing more. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's oh, great. no, I don't have Patrick Mahomes. Whatever. We'll just use that playbook and that play call sheet, and we'll just go with it. I was diving in, and I was like, oh, is Jahan Dotson, like, is he actually making a comeback? Because I've been noticing I see him on red zone more frequently the last couple of weeks. And I was like, oh, yeah. like, is, he's, is, his, is, his, is he back to where I was kind of hoping he would be this year? And I was like, no, his like peripheral data is still bad. It's just his efficiency is finally getting, and they drop back fifty-five times per game, and he runs all the routes. So we'll get yeah. there. But like, yeah, he's—I don't know—he's doing well. He's—he's he's, uh, what is he about QB ten this year so far? QB ten so, this year. That's like pretty awesome. I, right. I count him as a giant win right now. If his price keeps going up, uh, or his play doesn't improve i'm probably going to start uh looking at selling some of my sam howells and uh yeah i I don't think that he can continue at this price at this level of play i think it's fine right now but if we keep going at this rate i'm going to be starting to get concerned the one interesting thing though that i like about the howl bat is that it, it really is like a pretty one issue bat like it's it's so much of the issue seems to be the sacks. He is sixth in CPOE, right? Which of course yeah. is sack agnostic. That only counts the times where you actually throw the ball. 18th in EPA, um, which is basically like uh, like a poverty version of like Russell Wilson's prime, right? Like awesome in CPOE, always a little behind in EPA, eats, eats sacks. Um, it's, you know, and you mentioned the PFF grade. That's, of course, that conclusive. Like, once you get down to it, when he's just releasing the ball, you know, more often than not, good things are happening. He's putting this up, this incredible CPOE and, you know, league average EPOE on a 22nd rank success rate, right? So he's just he's just currently a highly volatile player. But that's kind of what I'd want to bet on, right? Like, I would, I would much rather a player be like horrible at a couple things and then otherwise show the potential everywhere else than to just be like largely middling. Right. Like I feel like it's way easier to fix not taking sacks at a record clip than to like have a little better arm strength and have a little better pocket presence and be a little more accurate. Like it's like, like, you know, he just has this one massive bugaboo. And if he's able to fix that, like now we're cooking with a little bit of gas. What I'll also say is that his A dot is like, like he's throwing it down the field. He's got an 8.4 oh, ADOT, which is, which is great. And I wonder if that is contributing to the sack levels. Like he's just holding on to the ball and letting the downfield plays develop and, and taking sacks. Or is he just not processing the field? Like, I don't know why he's getting sacked. Well, it's, it's but, both. Uh, like his check down rate is terrible. Like every week you look at Antonio Gibson's routes. And Antonio Gibson's like one of the highest yards per route run running backs in the league he's pretty good receiving back um and every week it's like oh he ran like 35 routes and he got like three design screen passes and zero checkdowns like that's just every week because <laughs> how he refuses right? i mean that is the next step it's he needs to turn these sacks into checks down check, check downs for the running back so that he's just avoiding these big losses so the dot, you know would come down um on that basis like he just yeah. it, it's an it's an absolute must he, he has to convert some of these sacks into checkdowns and throwaways, but you know, it seems pretty possible. He hasn't even played a full season worth of games yet. 
Yeah, like he played one game last year and he's played nine. Has he played nine games this year? I think he's played nine games this year. I don't think they have their bye yet, have they? I don't think so. So we're talking like a player in his first 10 weeks. We're getting pretty nitpicky on, on, you know, like a singular issue, I guess. Not nitpicky. It it is a, a glaring issue, but it's like a singular issue. And it's a singular issue that seems like some coaching could probably fix. Like you said, it's not like like we're just, and just experience. Yeah. It's not like we're like, Oh, if he was just a better player, like he'd be a lot better. We're like, if he could just like stop taking these sacks, he'd be a lot better player, which seems like something that is completely within the realm of the player to do. It's not like we're asking him to, you know, become a more athletic person. Right. And I mean, he's, it's not like he doesn't know it's an issue. He feels it every time he's lying on the ground in pain, you know, like, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure he's aware. So <laughs> I, I agree. Um, I would probably, I don't know if I have it ranked this way, but if I don't, I'm going to change it. I think I'd rather have Sam Howell than Justin Fields. Cause I think he's, he has somewhat similar issues, but has shown more consistent upside. I don't know if I could go that far. I think it's close. Without knowing where Justin Fields ends up next year, I I don't know that I would be comfortable taking him over how well, we do right know now. he's going to be an Atlanta Falcon. He's going to throw twenty five times per game, and he's going to introduce a new way for you to be sad about Kyle Pitts and Cleveland and actually actively like doing seances to get Arthur Smith fired. So I'm hoping that's not where he ends up because Arthur Smith will be gone, and maybe Sam Howell <laughs> can go there. Sam Howell in Atlanta would be incredible. They could have, they could have done that. They could have taken Sam Howell instead of Desmond Ritter. Can you imagine the world we would live in if that was the case? Incredible. Well, but it wouldn't. It would just be the opposite world because then Desmond Ritter would be throwing fifty passes in Washington, and it'd be like, oh, he probably sucks, but this is kind of fun. And then Sam Howell would be throwing like twenty-two <laughs> times, and he would take like three sacks in one game. And Arthur Smith would be like. Yeah, he's concussed also is bad. I don't know. Heideke starts. Uh, a lot of things, a lot of considerations. I mean, Desmond Ritter is really bad, so he's not is something. Anyways, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I feel like Howell versus Fields is probably pretty close because I think you're right. They're both kind of uh, – and I guess the other thing to mention with Howell is that he, while not a prolific rusher, is a rusher runs. to some extent. Like he's rushing for yeah. – I think roughly 20 yards per game 15 yeah, 20 yards around per game, out there you can so that's like not terrible it's something it's something and like uh, i said he's, he's been consistent like he's he's got most of his weeks are qb1 weeks and he's got that one really really bad week i think he threw four interceptions and no touchdowns and like no yards yeah, and uh, outside of that, though, he's been he has two two like brutal games: the game against the Giants and the game against uh, the Bills. But like other than that, he's either been okay or he's been fantastic. Rumor has it he was just playing down to the competition against the Giants, though. Yeah, it's true. Um, all right, we have one last guy to talk about, and he's the newest member of this group, Mister. Will Levis, or as they call him, Billy Jeans. Uh, Wait, what? I I had come up with this in the Discord like two days before uh, Kyle Brandt tweeted it out. So I was a little bit mad. Why? Why is it Billy uh, Jeans? Because Levi's? Levi's. 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 
Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. And then like the it Michael works. Jackson song, Billie Jean. Yeah, no, I get, I know the song. I just, I was putting it together as a song and I was like, what? I don't get it. But now I yeah. just pulled Will, up his name. I was like, Bill. oh, Levi's. And Will yeah. is Billy. Yeah, Billy that's Jean. Be- that's incredible. Well done. Yeah. Somebody, you, you, wait, you came up with this in the Discord. You did not take this to the masses as the originator of the nickname? And somebody, I'm actually, I'm pretty sure it was in the Discord. It might have been in a Twitter group chat. Um, I definitely did say it. I'll have to find exactly when I said it. It's possible that it wasn't in the Discord, but I definitely I would, said it. If you could because, send me a screenshot of it, I would love to quote tweet whoever said it after you, noting that they must have somehow they did. come across this and getting it, you it's, the it's since street become a thing. you deserve. But I, I'd come up with it on in some like group chat in passing where I would just like, oh, Billy Jeans. And then, uh, yeah, and then, and then, then so it became good. a thing. Love I still it. don't know if it's a full thing, but I, I love it. Um, the only way that I came up with it is because my phone kept auto-correcting his name from Levis to Levi's every time I typed him. Oh, totally. That mine is the same. It's great. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, are you buying Will Levi's for first? I'd be like, no. like Levis, Levis, Levis. <laughs> All right. So um, you okay. are way out of your I'm, I'm, I'm like, I guarantee you that I'm way higher on Will Levis than you. Yeah, I, I, got, I got a strong feeling that might be the case. Uh, do you want to guess where I have Will Levis ranked in my overall rankings? Not really. I feel like it's going to make me vomit. Maybe just seven. whisper and I'll plug my ears so the masses or the fa- okay. uh, the uh, um, listeners can hear it. Thirty-seven, like among quarterbacks. <laughs> that is that is that is way too. You are you are being reckless. That is reckless. <laughs> No, never wrong, <laughs> just early. Uh, I, no, I would, no, that could be very wrong. <laughs> uh, I would, Levis is, other than Watson, is clearly my top buy of this group. Um, definitely rather have Dak, definitely rather have Watson. Uh, I would rather have Will Levis than everybody else that we discussed. Wow. I don't even know what to say. I'm like, I I am uh, I'm speechless. I'm never speechless. You you've made me speechless. And like I, I, can say I, wish that I, had, speechless. I wish that I had you know like I wish that I had a better argument than dude can ball. But That's the dude can ball. Um, basically, here's here's the planks of the argument. Quarterback, it's pretty voodoo. What do we want? We want athletic quarterbacks. We want quarterbacks who throw deep. This guy just chucks. He just rips it deep repeatedly. Uh, we haven't necessarily seen the athleticism come to fruition. He was like one of those kind of functionally mobile guys in college. That's what I would expect in the NFL. I think eventually we we end up getting like 15 to 20 yards, maybe some goal line. Certainly not expecting anything more than that, but I think he'll chip in a little bit on the ground. And I think he's always going to be a guy who's going to be willing to shorten games by making a lot of deep shots that will lead to some ceiling weeks as a passer. And then above all else, when we're talking about young quarterbacks, Mitch with Bryce Young, we're really looking at a value gains situation where once we get a young quarterback that people accept as good, then we really get to reassess them in terms of upside. We always talk about how difficult it is for young quarterbacks to come in and be impressive. And Levis was incredibly impressive in his first game and was frankly pretty impressive for most of the second game. Uh, 
came undone a little bit in the fourth quarter. You know, that's where, especially if you look at his PFF grade, I saw his PFF grade split up by quarters. He had a PFF grade of like 30 in the fourth quarter, um, but it was up over 75 for the first half. Uh, I think that with Will Levis, what we've seen so far is incredible arm talent. We've seen, frankly, like a, a improved pocket presence based on what we were probably expecting from college, although certainly a work in progress. And there still is a lot of work to do in terms of consistently reading the field, making good reads. But it's been two freaking games. And I think we all knew that he was going to be raw coming in. But in terms of an upside from like a real life perspective, and this ties into fantasy, he is making throws that almost no other NFL quarterback can make through just two games, like several times per game. I think the upside for him is to be a fairly special talent. And at the very least with the Titans looking as middling as they are every single year, it, to me, it'd be very unlikely if he is not their answer going into next year. They took him with the second overall pick of, or the second pick of the second round. He's looked reasonable through two games. I expect to probably keep looking reasonable for the rest of the year. And there's really no other route where I see, like unless he was just absolutely dreadful where they would bother going into next year with an option. That's not obviously better than he is. Um, instead of just giving him a shot at the job. And in that case, the very least, we're talking about Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter level offseason value, which is like early second round pick. So while at this point, he's like not that much more than a late first round pick to go and acquire, to me, it's a slam dunk. You're, you're basically getting like a free look at worst. He plays bad, you run him pressed, and you dump him for a small loss in the offseason. At best, you have Justin Herbert on your team right now. You just don't know it yet. And you're going to the moon with one of the best quarterbacks in the league going forward. That is a very optimistic way to paint the, his life. Great, great job. I think... Uh, Do you see the ball jump off his wrist? Whew. Yeah, no, I looked right at it. Did it not do that in college? It did. Or did he just learn how to do that in the NFL? No, I'm telling it's always been there. Do you know do you know how many big time throws he had in college? Uh how many big time throws did he have in his first two weeks in the NFL? Six. How many big time throws he had in college his final year? How many? Seven. How? Well, it sounds like he's improved. Sounds like this might not be the real Will Levis. He may not, he may not be this. It's possible. Anything is possible. Players do weird things when they get to the NFL all the time. And quarterback is notoriously uh, somewhat yeah. fickle. However, do you, know, do you know who has the highest big time throw rate in the entire NFL? I would presume it's Will Levis because he had like seven in two weeks. It's technically <laughs> Mike White on three pass attempts. He has one big time throw on three that pass attempts. But after Mike that, it's Will Levis. <laughs> after that, it's Will Levis. Mike White was able to put Zach Wilson on the bench, so you know like what's going on there. Now, uh, don't pay I, attention to the fact that the rest of the top five list is Mike White, Tyrod Taylor, Brian Hoyer, and Andy Dalton. <laughs> pay no well, mind to that. Pay no mind. Simply scroll down to good names, such as Matthew Stafford, Tua Tagovailoa, Jalen Hurts. Pay no yeah. attention to Jameis Winston. Nope. Sam Howell also ranks in here, which... Brock Purdy ranks here. Honestly, like this, the Sam Howells and the Brock Purdy's and the Jameis Winston, like that just feels right for like the type <laughs> of like, whoa, let's see how this goes kind of quarterback that Will Levis is. 
Um, the yeah. fun thing about Brock Purdy is he doesn't actually have the arm strength to match. Like he he kind of has that gunslinger attitude, but he's like waving a, a pistol around. Yeah. But then he has like, but then he he just has incredible bullets. Like it's just they 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 dodge through defenders. Um, like they're in you the matrix. That movie? It was like I think it was called Wanted or something, and they're like shooting and like curving the bullets in it. Do you remember that? I think it had Angelina no. Jolie. It was a really bad movie, but it was fun. <laughs> it's uh, like watch Brock it. Purdy. If you're listening know. to the show and you haven't seen it, you should watch it. It's it's totally not worth your time. But if you're just like, I just want to watch something that's going to make me smile and think, what a ridiculous concept. It's that. It's wanted. I'm pretty sure it has Angelina Jolie. And uh, anyways, the moral of the story is that I, I, I'm I with you on like probably 60% of what you said. Will Levis is going to be the Tennessee Titans starting quarterback week one, 2024. Next year, he will be the starter. That was kind of my stats coming into the season. Like I, people will, will look at uh, Will Levis and I will say he is not good. I did not rank Will Levis low. I had him ranked right on ADP because I was like, chances are early second round picks are going to play football as a starters at some point in the first couple of years. And Will Levis is obviously following through that. I am in no way willing to throw Will Levis's entire football history in lieu of seven impressive, six impressive passes in two games in the NFL, uh, which were, by the way, accompanied by four very bad plays in the NFL. That's just which, Will Levis, man. That's just Will we're Levis. Just, we're just chucking. Mike Vrabel does strike me as the type <laughs> of guy that's like live and die by the risks. That's his thing. <laughs> so that's going to go well for Will Levis. It is like kind of funny that Mike Vrabel picked him, and Malik Willis, no less. Also, right, like just like it is. It is odd that like you know maybe Mike Vrabel has like a secret coke addiction that we just don't know about, and (laughs) he's like trying to kick. He's trying to kick the habit. It is just kind of funny that he went from like Ryan Tannehill, who's just one of like the most kind of game managery type guys. And maybe it's, it's like the grass Mariota. is always greener. You know, it's like he Ryan looks at Brian Tannehill and he's like, oh man, it's like this guy is just like boring as hell. Well, um, I need some spice in my life. And he's like, give me Will Levis. Like, let's let's let the gunslinger go to work. Well, it's the same thing that Kyle Shanahan did. He's like, I got Jimmy Garoppolo. He's like, let's get the Ferrari, bring in Trey Lance. Just <laughs> he's like, I want the Camry. I want the Camry. <laughs> I want the Camry. Bring Brock Purdy in. If he can't throw very well. That's great. He'll run the offense though. He's got Moxie. The defense is going to play lights out when Brock Purdy's in the in the game. Uh, anyway, have you watched so, Have you watched any of Will Levis? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I studied his tape in in depth. No, I'm, I just season. okay. I'm being serious. Have you watched any of him play live? No. Then I watched get out like of here. Red Zone, or I watched. Uh... Get out of here. Yeah, he was on Red Zone this week, wasn't he? Feel like I watched a bit of him. He was on Thursday night football. He was in this the Island game. You gotta watch the whole thing against against your Steelers. Oh yeah, oh yeah, my Steelers, my Steelers, of course. Yeah, no, I must have just saw some highlights then because I remember seeing them, but I did not see a lot of it. So at any rate, why? And how can we even? Because how can we even take you seriously if you're not even watching this guy? PFF watched him for me. They said he put up a 51.8 pass grade. Just don't you ever feel like you're missing something when you're not actually watching the games? You're not seeing how he's responding to people. You're not seeing how he is interacting with his teammates. You're not seeing how the ball is leaving his hand. Like, don't you ever just feel like you're you're grading an incomplete test? 
No, I feel like if I was trying to do that, I would feel like I'm grading a test I don't even know the freaking questions to because I'm not in the huddle. I don't know what he should be doing. I don't know what the coach called. I don't know what the coach said to him on the sideline. I don't know what his teammates said to him on the sideline. All I can see is a outside perspective of a player doing a thing, a person doing a thing, which is completely devoid of context. And sure, he can throw the ball well. A lot of freaking guys can throw the ball well. You see Jamarcus Russell? He threw the ball really well. Right, which is a high variance bet. Look, I'm not saying I'm not guaranteeing anything with Will Levis, but I don't think it's actually that high variance in the short term. That's my point. Like, no, I think it's no. it's a high variance bet in the long term. I think you're looking at a small loss the short term, but a possible big win. Possible big win. Yeah. Pro- probable not big win based right. on everything. Probable you know. big win, possible small loss. We probable, agree. probable really bad loss, but possible big win. That's true. Okay, so let's let's rank these guys to wrap this up. I think we all agree Dak is the highest. Wait, wait, wait. Of these. I wanted to just go into one more thing with Will Levis just to illustrate yeah, how good he is. In college, this is in college, he played at Penn State. Did you know that? Oh. <laughs> well, played is, is a liberal use of the word played. Played yeah. is a liberal use of what he did at Penn State. He he attended Penn State, was able to win the quarterback one job there. Due to you know really really strong quarterback play at Penn Basically State, basically like Joe Burrow, you know we couldn't make couldn't not get him the Big Ten, went yeah. to the SEC. Really, yeah. no different than Joe Burrow. No different at all. And then when Joe Burrow went to his new team, he then basically broke records, just like what Will Levis did. Will Levis went to his new team and put up a sixty-five point eight passing grade as like a twenty. How old is he right now? Twenty-four. Is it 23, 23, 24? Freaking senior, I guess. Redshirt senior. Like, it's just, he just, he just not good. He just never did anything good. And he could, the flick thing with the wrist and the ball exploding off of it. He did all that in college and he still couldn't do anything in college against inferior competition. I just don't get it. And yet, he looked pretty darn good in the NFL. Seven big time throws in two games. And you know what's funny is he was by no means going under the radar. Everybody knew who Will Levis was because of the yeah, man. It's not like he fell around five. And he like he eight picked, bananas without taking pick in the second round, round. Which kind of makes you question his decision making, which is also what you question while he's on the field. And then the NFL looked at No, I this. like it. The I NFL like a quarterback to be a little weird. Like, I and think you need to have that. that. That's like, that's the kind of guy where, like, you throw an interception and you're not like, oh, what do people think of me? Oh, and, like, you're just like, yeah, I don't care. I eat bananas with the peel on. Like, let's get them next time. Yeah. Noted weirdo Tom Brady and Peyton Manning's will tell you that. You think Tom Brady's not a weirdo? The guy only eats almonds. He, he's an avocado Tom, aficionado. <laughs> Tom Brady's a psycho. Yeah. Good for him. He's a, Peyton Manning he, is pretty normal. That's why he always lost to Tom Brady in the playoffs. <laughs> Probably had nothing to do with Bill Belichick. He's he's barely in the hot seat, by the well, way. Well, Bill Belichick's weird, too. He's, he rumbles all the time. He wears, like, sweatshirts with holes in it. He raised, like, a son that looks like Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> puts the lotion on his skin until he gets the hose again. Oh, Yes. So, anyways, the moral of the story is that Will Levis has never been good. Probably will never be good. Actually, he had he had like a decent like first year in Kentucky. He had an eighty-two yeah, point three exclusively with freshman wide receivers. Yeah, yeah, eighty-two point three passer grade, which 
if he was a first round pick, let's presume that he's a first round pick just for a moment, even though he wasn't. Pretty darn close. We'll just presume that he was. And then we could look and see, yeah, where is it? Hashtag sorry, Matt. Found it. Uh, that would have made him basically the worst first round pick in the history of the world. Oh, wow. That's really low. Like, he would have came in right below Josh Rosen and Jordan Love. And Daniel Jones, they're all in the same tier. Well, one of those guys kind of sort of hit a little bit. Which one? Daniel Jones? Daniel Jones. Yeah. So, got to keep you one season out of it. Got a lot of starting years. Yeah. Um, by the way, rest in peace, Daniel Jones. Um, I'll probably start buying again now. I, I've been, I've bought, I've sold, I, I've been all over the place on Daniel Jones. Pretty much, pretty much been right the whole time uh daniel jones uh we'll keep trying we'll keep we'll keep keep trying to get back into the daniel jones business uh look i i think i know that i think i know in my heart who will levis is and, and it's one of my great regrets of uh my dynasty life is falling in love with this player i'm gonna hope he's justin herbert though i think here's what i'm gonna say the difference in what i'll lose in price with the chance to actually get out, if he's the guy I know he is in my art, versus what he would be if he's Justin Herbert, he only needs to me like a 17% chance to be Justin Herbert in terms of like, okay, you lose half a first of value this offseason if he just sucks the rest of the year and we sell him for a small loss versus goes all the way up to like three plus first value if he kills it the rest of the year. That to me only needs like a one in six shot of being Justin Herbert instead of being the guy that I know he actually is. Do you do you know the guy he actually is? That Will Levis actually is? Yeah. Yeah. Um no, tell me. Sec- second round pick. Yeah. Big personality. Big second arm. Big personality, big arm, second round. Recent or puts, a long, he, long while ago? Pretty recent. Not like super recent, but pretty recent. He puts on for his city. Puts on for his city? I don't even know what that means. I put on for my city. I put on for my city. Is it no. like Colin Kaepernick? No. Like there's a very famous video of him rapping the song on the sideline. Is it Drew Locke? It's Drew Locke. Oh, yeah. That's probably. I, I don't know what puts on for a city is. I, I thought you meant like because Kaepernick did all that like stuff. No, no, like, like it's, is that it's what a, No, it's the it's like that the the Jeezy song that he was rapping on the sideline. It became like a big viral. Yeah, thing. yeah, I don't remember that. I just didn't know what it was called. Yeah, it's called put on. All right. Yeah, um, no, Drew Lock makes a lot of sense. Drew Lock was yeah. probably quite a bit better prospect, for being honest. But yeah, sure. <laughs> you just can't stop hating. Um, we'll, we'll check in with Will Levis for the rest of the season. This will be a fun one to watch. <laughs> we'll, we'll get him on the show. <laughs> we'll check in right with him. Oh, hey, that'd Will, be great. Can you, can you let us know why you keep making the worst possible decisions in the worst possible times? Could you imagine you how fun that we have Will Levis on the show? Yeah. Who do you think is the good. NFL? Who do you think is the NFL player that would be most likely that we could get on the show? Christian Kirk? <laughs> I think it's LaVisca Chenault because he already... I just thought maybe Christian Kirk, because even when everyone said he sucked, we were there with him. Whereas with LaVisca Chenault, we were not. We were, we were sadly not with him. 
which is too bad. Right, but, like, but, but how is that message going to get to Christian? Like, you're going to you're gonna text Christian Kirk and you're going to be like, hey, um, like, people thought you were actually. like, we're the third in Dynasty. I thought you were worth a second. Um, would you like yeah. to come on my podcast? I'm just going to go back through all my threads of Christian Kirk and just at him. Hey, Christian, not sure if you saw this one. Hey, Christian, here's another one six days later because somebody said something that didn't make sense, so I had to correct them. Hey, Christian, oh. me again. One more for you. And there'd be Have like 75 of them. He couldn't ignore that. Have you ever interacted with an NFL player on Twitter? Only Calvin Ridley. What did Calvin Ridley say to you? He told me that he wished he had my job. Wow. And yeah. then well, and then he then he tried. He got into gambling. <laughs> he tried. <laughs> he meant that seriously. <laughs> a true inspiration. Like, you're welcome, Calvin. You're a problem. You're you're at fault. I've interacted with two, not neither current, both uh, retired former Colts running backs. <laughs> You've got a type. One one was awesome. One was like uh, there was just like a for whatever reason like um, there was like some like remember this game like tweet or whatever and and I like um, and I like tweeted like nice things about Dan Boom Heron and like his awesome game against Denver in the AFC Divisionals. And then, and I didn't add him. I just like, I just like said like, oh, this was like a sick play or sick game, whatever. And then randomly, like in my replies, Dan Boom Heron was just like, thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> and that was sick. And then the not as fun one was like, I went through this like list of, oh, I can't even remember. I think it was like pointing. Oh, I did a thread. It was when um, Jonathan Taylor missed a game last year. And I did a thread of like every game that Naheem Hines was like the projected starter and like what the situation was and like what his role was to try and project like what his role would be going forward. And at one point I was like, oh, we lost this, like this many snaps to Jonathan Williams, who was like um, elevated off the practice squad ahead of that week. <clears throat> and then Jonathan Williams replied and he was like, yeah, I didn't play any snaps, but I was on the active roster the whole year. I didn't get elevated off the practice squad. <laughs> I, I, and I was like, I'm, I was like, I'm so sorry, Jonathan Williams. Like, that was, I'm, uh, thanks, My thanks for the great games. And he was like, Yeah, man, I was on the 53. No problem, though. I was like, cool. <laughs> I just remembered, I did have another guy, and I, I can't remember his name now. I want to say, did Roy, Ryan Broyles play for national championship? Uh, maybe. Did he go to Oklahoma? I think so. I don't know if it was Ryan. Yeah, he went to Oklahoma. Wow, good polls, Jacob. How did I know that? Uh, I don't. He wouldn't have played for national championship then. It was he probably did. He played five it? years at Oklahoma. They went to a lot of championships, didn't they? Did they? Uh, I don't know. Don't ask me these things. That sounds. I think it might have been him. Is he a realtor now or something? Or a real no developer? Idea. Uh let's see. They went. I'm pretty sure it's him. Anyways, uh, yeah. I was in these threads about like all the players and like of like history, and like this is many years ago, probably four years ago, maybe. Just kind of yeah. Like, they, they went they went in the national championship in 08 against Florida and Brian okay. Wells on that team. So must be him then. And uh, I was just doing these threads and I was like, because it's kind of like when we were like introducing market share to the industry. <laughs> to be honest, like yep. not many people were using it yet. And I was just like going through like all these draft picks and I was like, hey, look at like this guy didn't produce, this guy did. And it was just like those graphs of uh, market share per year by age. And I was like, yeah, Ryan Broyles, like he didn't really do much. And then, yeah, he's a real estate developer. I just saw it on his Wikipedia. Anyways, it, I was 
going through them when I got to Ryan Brawls, and I was like, hey, I didn't really do much his first couple of years, uh, and didn't turn out to be much of anything in the NFL. And he like replied to me, and he's like, hey, man, that was a national championship team, and had some damn good players on it. And like, was like, thanks for, you know, commenting though or whatever. Like, and I, he did it, he did it like three times, like in wow. different threads. He would come in you and were like, embroiled in that controversy. I would not be tagging him or anything. He would just like search his name, I presume, and be like, hey, somebody's yeah. talking about me. Hey, no, this was a national championship team, you asshole. <laughs> I only didn't produce because it was a tough depth chart. We were champions. I was like, Sorry, oh, that's not really how it works. It doesn't really matter who's on your team. The bar is pretty oh. low when you're like 18, 19. You couldn't even cross the bar. That's why you didn't turn out into an NFL player oh. of relevance. Wow. Yeah, I didn't I didn't get into an argument with Jonathan Williams. I just said, sorry, man. Um, great game. I, did, I didn't actually say all those things. I think I maybe said it in like the – I might have even been group me back then. It's like, hey, I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, Ryan right. Boyle is a little upset. Well, this was quite the tangent, but let's let's wrap this up by doing a ranking. Okay, so Dak, Fields, Watson, Bryce, Purdy, Howell, and Levis. Give me your order of ranking one through seven. Well, why don't we do it like one at a time? Like, what what's the rush? We got to get to okay, two hours. It's only one forty eight. Okay, who's first? Watson. I'll take Dak. Really? Okay, I'll take Dak second. I'll take Watson second. Wow, we are we are going way off the map. Okay, um, so we got my rankings Purdy. agree with me. I just said that, and I said it really confidently, and I don't know if my rankings agree with me. Oh, my rankings have Watson first. I wonder if I should rethink my rankings or rethink what I just said. You should rethink what you just said because it was obviously wrong, considering that I said Watson. Watson offers a ceiling unlike what Dak Prescott can produce, so okay. you just have to go with it. Okay, I think you're right. Okay, I'm taking Watson, um, and clearly I don't feel that passionately about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't did really go down on a limb. Stand behind your word. Okay, I'm taking Watson, and then I'm taking Dak second. Okay, now I went first in the first round, so you get to go or on the first back and forth. So now you get to go first on this this one. Okay, taking Billy Jeans, Will Levis. Oh, my God. Over Bryce Young? Yes. How are they not the same guy with Bryce Young just being considerably more safe? One, Will Levis has played. If you put all of their games together in a season, Will Levis has played the best two. <laughs> okay, he's played the best one for sure. I don't know about two. Has Bryce, has Bryce Young had a big time throw this year? Has he had one? I don't know. Let's see. Let's see. Bryce Young. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he has six. So he has six big-time throws. Will Levis yeah. has six big-time throws. So they're yeah. basically the same, except Bryce Young has played in uh, seven games and Will Levis has played in two. Yeah. So easily, we're talking about Bryce Young is the better player because yeah. he was able to get on the field, and that's what counts. It's true. Yeah, it's true. To be fair, though, he was able to get on the field because of the first overall pick, and that is actually what counts. <laughs> Yeah, and even though, like, honestly, it would be way better for everybody involved if Andy Dalton would just get in there. Hey, like, calm down. <laughs> would not be better for Bryce Young's development to have Andy Dalton. No, I, I wish I wish Andy Dalton was on the Jets. That's what I wish. I like the Jets are something. I, I Zach Wilson is like, I'm. I mean, I, I tweeted about it, but I'm so sick of the people being like, "Oh, it's not all Zach's fault." Like, oh man, doesn't have a lot of. It's like, no, this guy stinks. 
Stop it. <laughs> okay. I'm I'm gonna just like probably blow your hair back here, but I'm probably going with Justin Fields, if I'm being honest. Whoa. Yeah, my hair is blown back. Yeah. Ooh. Justin You're Fields. A high roller. Ceiling a high unlike anyone else right. on this list. He's the only rusher. I just think we have like a lot of information about him at this point that says this guy is not good at football, but all right. We have a lot of information about Will Levis that says he's not good at football, and you just took him. We have two games, and the guy's dope. Um, (laughs) We have – all right, fourth. I'm picking fourth. I'll take – I'm going to check my rankings first this time to make sure I don't just like erroneously stay – oh, I have two guys exactly back-to-back, so it doesn't even matter, I guess. I'll take Bryce Young. Okay, I'm going to take Bryce Young, too. Okay. Now, no, now we're sneaking, so you're up. You're, so, so, to be clear, you have Deshaun, Dak, Fields, Young. Yeah. Then I'm probably going to go with Sam Howell. Okay. I have Deshaun, Dak, Levis, Young, um, and I will take Brock Purdy. Well, I'm going to take Brock Purdy. That's so rude of you to be the low man on Will Levis. Uh, okay. I will take them with my last pick. Um, who are the two guys remaining? Howell and Fields? I'll take Sam Howell. So you got Fields last of the whole group? Yeah. Wow. That is that is really a remarkable, uncharacteristic development. And this is one where I actually do have Fields ranked ahead, but you kind of talked me into it and our whole discussion kind of like talked me into the Howell thing a little bit more than I even was coming in. Um, I'm moving Howell up a tier and we're, we're jumping Fields. So I have, I have, uh, I have it. Deshaun, Dak, Levis, real Deshaun, Dak, bit of a gap. Levis, Young, Purdy, Howell Fields. And you have Watson Dak, Fields, Bryce, Howell, Purdy Levis. All right. So my it's it's crazy how much better my list is than your list. <laughs> so really, really our lists are are they identical except with Fields and Levis just reverse spots? Or they're pretty close to identical. Purdy and Howell are flipped, I guess. But like, I think Purdy and Howell are flipped, and Levis and Fields are flipped. But for the most part, though, like the big difference is the three and the seven. Yeah. Okay, so Will Levis versus Justin Fields. That's <clears throat> that's the big line of distinction in our lives. Have you seen the way that the ball explodes off of Justin Fields' wrist? Yeah, usually like right into the lineman or defender or something. What? Justin Fields has seven big time throws this year. Wow, good for him. He's a stud. He's got five turnover worthy plays. That's uh, what compared to six and four for Billy Jeans in yeah. how many more games? Four. Uh, four more games. Yeah. Well, not as many. Not as many on the big time throws. Uh, look, I like a big time thrower. Um, is there anything, is there any like really funny stats on these big time throw stuff? Like, um, there's gotta be someone who has like a hilariously low number who like plays in a lot of games. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, 
Jimmy Garoppolo started six games this year. You know how many big time throws he has? Zero. He has two. Oh, does he? I'm, sorry. Yeah. I'm shocked. <laughs> yeah, he's always been a guy where where the like big time throw to turnover worthy play ratio has always been like a massive red flag with with Jimmy, where it's just been dreadful oh. his entire career. It's um, like, oh, clearly this overall. guy's a game manager, not a real quarterback. Yeah. Um, what do you think of Aiden O'Connell, by the way? Obviously, doesn't make this tier, but let's go out with this. 30-second blurb, Aiden O'Connell. Like, I don't know, sell him for a second? Sell him for what sure. you can get. Buy, buy, for, buy for a third, sell for a two. That's my take. Yeah, it's a pretty standard take, I think. And what about Josh like... Dobbs? What about Josh Dobbs? Are you Dobbs Are you Dobbs filled? No. Get out of here. Like, the guy's terrible. All right. Like, good, good for him. I'm glad he got the win. That was a lot of fun. Good for him. Yeah. But uh, he's just not that good. I saw him get traded for 25 first today. That's not unbelievable. People <laughs> um, are crazy. Probably the range of outcomes. The range of outcomes on Josh Dobbs is incredible. Like I've seen him get traded for 25 first, and I, I, I actually there was once upon a time he was my most rostered player this year. I just added him everywhere when he got traded to Arizona. Um, we've trimmed it down to the point where like now most of the leagues where I'm tanking, I've sold him. And a few of the leagues where I have like five starting quarterbacks. Um, but so mostly the, my remaining Dobbs are either he's my QB2 with injuries or my QB3. But th- there's still one tanking team where I like literally can't even get a 26 third for Josh Dobbs. And then I see him go for a 25 one in another league. I'm like, what the fuck? What, Lord, why can't you do for these? Why can't you do for me what you've done for these people? Yeah. I yeah. just, I, um, I can't even comprehend how somebody could think that was a good idea. doesn't make sense. Well, did you see, did you see, oh man, maybe this should have been our whole episode, but we're only talking about an hour, 56 minutes in. Um, maybe we'll talk about it next week or the week after, because we'll probably do a trade deadline special. But did you see the tweet of someone who said, you're just not taking dynasty seriously. If you're trying to contend and you have a single draft pick on your team. I did see that tweet and I could not have shaken my head more vigorously. Leave that as a teaser. Well, we'll make fun of that tweet next week. I don't. What would be the the like acronym? Like SMH is shake my head. Yeah. B, SMH. I guess vigorously shook my head. Well, there's there's SMDH, which is like shaking my damn head. Oh, let's put a V in front of that one then. Vigorously shaking my damn head. Yeah. yeah. I don't like. I just. I just. I just cannot even. I like. I. I shouldn't say that. Like. I remember about. 2017 or so, I traded a first round pick for uh, Stefan Diggs because I thought Stefan yeah. Diggs was going to be the next big thing when he was still with Minnesota. And then he was like kind of like good ish, but not like great. And I was sad. And then he got traded to Buffalo and I was really sad, but I kept him because his price went down so much. And then he just like smashed in Buffalo. And I was like, this is why I did it. I'm the smartest man alive. This is why you trade first round picks for Stefan Diggs. And that was very lucky. So sometimes, you know, it, like he's right. The, the the chances that you are able to put together a competitive team by trading with your first round picks is probably higher than than I give it credit for. Well, it's but very it's, high. It's if, you, like, if, you tra- if you choose to unload all three years of eligible future picks, like you're going to have a competitive team. Yeah. There's, there's teams in my leagues that are like the, by, by far the lowest value team 
but they've converted, they don't roster a single pick and almost all their players are like 27 and up. And it's like, yes, if you put literally all your roster value into old men, like no matter how bad value your team is, you will compete in the current year. Yeah. As soon as your team dies, like you're orphaning the team or you're rebuilding for like half a decade. But yeah, I saw quite yes, a few you comments on that in that in that post. People were like, Oh yeah, I bet you're the guy who like suddenly can't, you know, ran out of time and can't manage his team anymore. <laughs> yeah. But that happens to you a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> Do you remember the one guy who was it? There was someone, I forget who it was. But there was someone who was like bragging on Twitter about like how many leagues he orphans. No, I didn't see that. This this was like this was like last year where it was like I go all in in every league, and then like when I don't have picks anymore, I just orphan them. And then everyone was like, "You're an asshole," and he was like, "That's smart." <laughs> it's like okay. Yeah, some people are bizarre. <laughs> yeah, like. like do you ever like this? Is like I did like a probably, Russell Hans voice. I don't know why, because I just picture that being like a thing that Russell Hans would do. Like probably, I, exactly. gave, I gave my immunity out of the shambo. I said I'm never gonna orphan this league, but then I did. <laughs> I just find sometimes that I think about like how someone could rationalize this to themselves, and I just I just can't get there with some of them. I'm just like I I can't even come up with a way that this would make sense to me to think this way and i'm like can you imagine living in that world like every day like that that guy's life must be so chaotic because of the way that he thinks is so much different than everyone else like it must just be absolutely like he must have a hard time getting through the day i don't have a hard time getting through the day (laughs) i just get up i make my breakfast i go to work i orphan my job if i don't want to go to work i just find a new job (laughs) And orphan that one. Yeah, I, I mean, my wife was my wife was nagging my ass, so I said I'm gonna orphan my wife. I'm gonna get a new <laughs> wife. <laughs> I went to the grocery yeah. store. They said, "Are you gonna pay for your vegetables?" I said, "No, I orphan my credit card. I get a new one." <laughs> okay, this has gone way too far. <laughs> oh man, the game is yeah. flawed. Uh, anyway, if anyone okay. got, the t- I'm if about to the orphan t- this podcast. <laughs> I'm about to orphan this podcast. I got a new co-host. Uh, if anyone that got to this point in the podcast uh, says great <laughs> Russell Hans impression, I know that you listened to all two hours. So I'm, I'm good... certain there's at least three people that are going to listen all the way to the end. Right. That's this is the test. It's, it's, I'll know if you. This is like I'll the, know uh... if you listen to the whole thing if you're like great Russell Hans impression. That's how I'll know you're a true fan. This is like the Jamarcus Russell thing where they give him the blank tapes. They're like, how was the, how was the film? Jamarcus, like, Jamarcus oh, Russell Hans. <laughs> <laughs> right, how was the blank tapes? It was great. Yeah, I remember. This is I obviously has to be the awesome. name of the show. Hashtag Matt, name the show this. Hashtag sorry. Or actually, you're <laughs> welcome, Matt. We got, we got the show name for you. Yeah, I was originally going to call it Stuck in the Middle with you, with middle quarterbacks. Oh, um, that doesn't make sense. Which it's is what we'll actually though. name it. We're not going to name it Jamarcus Russell Hans. I think we should name it Jamarcus Russell Hans. It just makes a lot of sense. Do you, do you watch Survivor? Do you even know what this oh. impression is? No, I've not watched Survivor. Oh, he was like this oil tycoon, like asshole who came on Survivor. I was like really mean to everybody, and he had like a big Southern accent. Perfect. I don't even like the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> I think I've done it on the show before, but it's one of my favorite Probably. impressions. I can do a few Survivor impressions, but the. 
Russell Hans one. It just came out of me as soon as we were talking about guys off in the teams. People actually watched that show. I thought it like died. Oh, it was on tonight. I'm going to watch it as soon as we end this podcast. I watch it religiously every week. This is crazy. Like I just, it's actually pretty big in the fantasy community. Like shockingly, like I didn't really? like I've never known other people who watch Survivor in my real life until joining the fantasy community. And then I like I'll talk to people and be like, oh yeah, I'm watching Survivor. I remember yeah, when I, it first came out and people were doing like Survivor pools. Was Survivor like the first reality TV show? I feel like it was. I, I think Big Brother might have been like a year oh. earlier, but I'm not entirely sure. They came out right, right around the same time. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> Love Survivor. All right. That's more than enough. That's two hours and three minutes. We promised one hour. Um, you know, I kind of like, I don't mind. This is what happens. I know we take a week off and then we, we give the people two weeks worth of shows. So yeah. there you go. You're welcome. We probably gave you one hour worth of content. We just like talked about Dan Heron and Russell Hamps. Yeah. So like if you get to the end Mind of the show rails. and you're just totally enthralled with all of the shenanigans, please go ahead and leave five, us a five-star five review. Five-star review on iTunes or Spotify or whatever listening platform you listen to us on that offers the capability of providing five-star reviews. And uh, yeah, it's been great. Great. Where can people find you, Jacob? Did they find you on the internet anywhere? Yeah, they find me on Twitter, at Jacob Sanderson. They can find my writing on Thinking About Thinking. I wrote a piece last week called Reasons to Trade in Dynasty. I wrote a piece about tearing down your dynasty team, if anyone's considering doing that. Um, ahead of the trade deadline, I'll probably have some. Uh, we'll see. I, I've been writing a Sunday drive every week. That might stop for a couple weeks because I want to do a piece um, on trade deadlines and dynasty, and I want to do a like full midseason annotated running back tiers update. And I want to do a piece on playoff best ball tournaments. I want to do like three of those. We'll see. I have a lot of things I want to do. I don't have a lot of time because I keep recording two hour and four minute podcasts about survivor players. You should think about all the things you're gonna write about thinking about writing it's a new new show topic it would be really great if i could just give people like like a like a button they could push where they could just like incept the thoughts out of my mind on a given topic so that i could just like write about it but not actually have to sit down for like six hours and write it it'd be great i think that's the future is like we will be able to at one point i have a thought think and it will automatically type it like that's my dream I, That'd be I great. Think, think to text. Think to text. There, that that is our million dollar idea. That'd be that'd be kind of creepy though. Like, what if you? What if the thoughts come out that like you don't want out? Like, what if you're just like you need like voice like, around to be like. What if what if you're like you trying? Well, that's just already exists. That's that's oh oh like you you voice initiate. Yeah, voice initiate. Like I would need you to write right, this down, right. and then you think the thought. Because what I would not want. Because what I would not want. Because what I would not want is like. You know, I'm I'm sitting there like trying to like quote unquote write slash think about like Sam Howell or whatever, and then like what comes on the page is like the seasonal depression is hitting extra hard this month. You really got to proofread your articles at that point. <laughs> like, I mean, right. all kinds of random things. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be like it's gonna be like oh man, like be like oh uh, DeAndre Swift's EPA per play has been reducing over the last two weeks. Gus Edwards has been overperforming in touchdowns. Uh, we'll see if Tony Pollard can ever break a tackle. Uh, does my mom love me? Uh, <laughs> it's just... Yeah. Just, yeah. Is DeAndre Swift still beating Tony Pollard in fantasy points per game? Probably. But also, make sure you check on uh, so-and-so's tax return and make sure that's getting done. <laughs> right. 
Did I watch Survivor? Did I record Survivor? All right, all right. Um, that's more than enough. Let's get out of here, Matt. Like edit like half the show. Uh, goodbye, everybody. (laughs) 